Welcome everybody to Eldritch Team, a, a variety podcast when we get together and talk about a variety of different topics. Uh, on today, we're going to be talking about the one that got away. Um, so we have three three people here, with, uh, including me. I'm Eldritch Team, also known as Joe. And then you guys can introduce yourself. Uh, I am uh, Black Cat 8, but people either call me Cat or Beth, I don't really care. Uh, but yeah, I'm English friend across the pond. That's right. up late. Yeah, she's <laughs> from, from London. London. How dare you, you guys are mean. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many inside jokes these guys like to say about me. And then I am Mouse. Technically, my real name is Steven, but nobody in this community ever uses my real name. So you'll hear them call me Mouse. Yeah, we got cat and mouse in the house. Um, yep. So <laughs> appropriate yeah. for the one that got away. <laughs> right. She's been trying to murder me for years. <laughs> I would have gotten away with the two if it wasn't for this meddling Joe. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about three particular people. Uh, interesting people, really. Honestly, if you think about it, so, um, mine is Bell Gunnis. Uh, what do you guys got? I got Courtney Love. And I've got, I'm not gonna say, like, specifically who murdered, because we don't know, but it's the, the Borden murders of Massachusetts. The Borden murders of Massachusetts. Alrighty. Massachusetts. Alrighty, so who, who wants to go first? Should we roll for it? Sure, I have dice next to me. Alrighty, I'll, I'll, I got a d20 next to me. I, I can get one. We can, we can do this. Alright, right. I'm gonna roll. I got a four. <laughs> I got a 14. I'm gonna okay. the can. I gotta be, I gotta see where I can be. I'm tilting it for camera. I well, even though they can't see 16. <laughs> Cheater. I got a 16. How dare you. Alrighty, so it looks like Black Cat, you, you wanna go first? I know, I know both of you guys are excited. I'm excited for mine, too. It's just, uh, I've been doing I'm some... I'm especially some... excited because this is, like, a personal thing that, like, I've done a decent amount of research into because I'm fascinated by the idea. Yeah. I, I, I did mine more because I kept bringing up the story of Belle Gunness, but I kept, I kept forgetting her name. And so I would be sounding like a crazy person telling these people, yeah, that lady, that lady, <laughs> she she did this, 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 and this. And um, and they just looking like, at me it's like, o- okay, It's okay, bro. Joe. It's relaxed. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Here's a cookie. <laughs> Got to take off my tinfoil hat, I guess. <laughs> and, I, and I'm the same as you, Mouse. Like, I wanted to do, like, um, I, I've been looking at doing stuff like this from school. Like, I wanted to be criminal forensic psychologist. So, like, looking at serial killers and antisocial personality behaviors is just, it's its my jam. <laughs> I love yeah. this shit. Why true crime? And so Yes. Yes. And so, if we didn't say the, the, the prompt or what we all decided to research were people who basically got away with or were believed to have committed a high-profile murder. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the way I, I worded it when we first started talking about it was people that uh, everybody knew they committed these crimes, 
but they were never really like charged with them or it yeah. just feels like they just got away with it and yeah. uh <laughs> we just came up with three female uh characters and, and just like, coincidentally you know the, <laughs> but i did think about doing carol baskin but then i was like so many people have watched tiger king that they're yeah i i want i want to do a carol baskin one. i want them to find something on carol baskin mm -hmm. i'm 100 percent sure she did it like agreed for yeah. sure thank Joe, Joe, Mouse made an excellent point before we started this. I should have done it on Queen Elizabeth and and Princess Diana. <laughs> that oh would have been God. an interesting one for me to do. <laughs> Paul, we'll do politicians that get get away with the it. The entire no. dibs on dibs on dibs on JFK. The mafia killed him. <laughs> <laughs> the mafia killed him. Oh man. God. So, the Borden oh. murder is one of my favorite stories that I adore. I've watched enough <laughs> things about this. I could rant about it for ages. So, setting the premise of the who, where, why, what happened. Uh, 130 years ago tomorrow, on the 4th of yeah. August, 1892, in little quaint Fall River, Massachusetts, we have a nice, I think it's like a four or five bedroom house. The owner, Sir... Andrew Borden, very well-off man. He owned, he was a very, like, had, like, a lot of stake in a lot of companies. He was very well-known for, like, he would give his employees estates, but he also was that person that if you got a pay rise in your job, he'd also raise the rent. He wasn't very well-liked in the community. He also was worth about $350,000 at the time, about $8 million today. <laughs> So, very rich man, very frugal man, but also kind of not very well liked. He formerly had a wife, Sarah Borden, who, or originally Sarah Morse, who they had Emma Borden, who was nine years older than the youngest daughter, Lizzie Borden, who was the main focus of this, of my story. Um, two years after Lizzie was born, Sarah Borden unfortunately passed away, and Andrew remarried to Abby Borden, who the girls did not like at all. The other two important figures of this story are Bridget Sullivan, who is the maid. They did not respect her. They called her the name Maggie, which was their previous maid. And it was oh, just that's rude. disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> the other player in this is John Morse, who was their biological mother's brother. So big note about him, which is one of the biggest things that come into scrutiny of who actually committed this crime, is that one of John Morse's former jobs was a butcher. It wasn't at the time of the of the murder, but just a note. And this is uh, her brother? This is, um, this is the Who's... Lizzie and Emma's uncle. Uncle, the okay, the uncle's a butcher. Okay. Yes. So um, he's gonna get blamed for it. Well, <laughs> so as it goes at the house at the time of the murder, there was only three people in the house of the first murder, anyway. So, here is setting up the story and timeline of events. John Morse arrived the evening of the 3rd of August and stayed in the guest room. Just he visited very rarely since his sister's death, but you know, he was coming to town to visit other family. 
at breakfast the morning of the 4th, there was Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, John, and the maid, Bridget. At one point in the morning, Andrew and John went into the sitting room and had a chat for an hour. John eventually, at 8.48 in the morning, left to go visit the family in Fall River and go and do some errands. But he had said he would be back at the Borden residence by noon. Andrew, at this point, sometime around 9 o'clock, left for his morning walk. Bridget was the maid, was asked to clean the windows inside and out by Abby, and so went to do her job. Usually, Lizzie and Emma were expected to tidy up the guest rooms, make the beds and stuff like that. But on this particular morning, Abby went up between 9 and 10.30 to make the beds. Can I, All that can they I know, ask something? Yeah. How old are they at this point? How old are... Abby, so um, Lizzie is 32, Emma is 41. I think Andrew said that Andrew was 69, Abby, uh, Abby was 64. Okay, so the, they're... they're they're middle old, class yeah, middle, yeah, okay. These middle aren't kids, these are adults, yeah. Okay, I was just um, trying to paint a picture. Yeah. So, they don't, there isn't much written about what happened, what triggered everything, but all that forensics were able to work out was that Abby was facing her killer when she was first attacked. There was no defensive marks on her entire body, so she knew the individual. She was first struck in the side of the head with a hatchet, above her ear, which caused her to fall and hit the ground face down. She was then struck multiple times afterwards, 18 times more into the back of her head and once between the shoulder blades. Around 10.30, Andrew returned from his walk. He tried to open the door, but this, his key wouldn't work, so he knocked and waited. Bridget, who had been inside at this point, came down, noticed it was jammed and swore. She then testified later in court that she heard Lizzie laughing at this. She didn't see her, but she heard her upstairs. At this point, Abby would have been dead. Anyone on the second floor going up the stairs from the seventh or eighth flight would have seen under the bed Abby's body. You could see it from the stairwell. No one had seen it at this point. Huh. Um, so then Lizzie obviously denied being upstairs at any point. It's fine. She then said that, oh, Abby was, she'd got a message to go to town to visit a friend who was sick. She then stated she went downstairs, helped Andrew remove his boots because he wasn't feeling well, put him into some slippers and lay him on the sofa to have a nap. Crime photos show that he was wearing boots. Oh, okay. Not, not, not slippers. She told Bridget, there's a department store sale going on. You have permission to go. Bridget didn't feel well. The entire family hadn't been feeling well for a few days. So she went to have a nap in her bedroom, which was on the third floor. Um, it was then at 11.10 a.m. She heard Lizzie shouting. And the words were quoted in the statement as, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Someone's came in and killed him. Oh, okay. Andrew was found slumped on the couch, struck in the face with 11... 10, 10 to 11 hatchet-like wounds to the point where one of his eye sockets was split in half and his <clears> eye was hanging out of his face. When they were found, the wounds were still bleeding, so they knew it was recent. The family physician, Dr. Bowen, came to visit from across the street and pronounced them both dead. Andrew was, was determined to have been killed around 11am. 
and none of them had defensive wounds. So it's predicted that Abby faced and recognized her killer, and Andrew was probably asleep when he was killed. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's the whole picture of the actual event. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a fun Friday, yeah. Sounds like a fun Friday night. It, I'm, I'm curious if it actually was a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I'm actually curious now. Was so, it a Friday? So the, the housemaid was told to go upstairs and take a nap? Is that who she was told she was told there was a department sale. Oh, the department. She went to the department sale. No, the, she was told by Lizzie that she could. That she but could. But she didn't feel well. And then she went upstairs and took a nap. She went upstairs to have a nap and didn't see Abby. A nap at eleven in the morning. That sounds because nice. they all weren't feeling well. There was, this was something <laughs> that was disputed in court because uh-huh. they all weren't feeling very well a few days before the the um the entire event yeah. it was even noted that they at one point um had people check their food because they thought they were being poisoned right turns out turns out they'd had a um some mutton laying out on the table for like two or three days and this is august in massachusetts yeah so by the time they went to actually eat it it was probably just food poisoning rather than poison yeah, they, they used to just <laughs> not care about what they put in their body at all <laughs> they also they also thought that their milk was being poisoned but yeah the, all the opt- all the autopsies when they did a full scan of both bodies had no signs of toxins. So okay, so they weren't being just convenient poisoned. at the same time. Okay. So. And the then Andrew, Andrew, you said, uh, got up yeah. in, in the morning and went for a walk. Right, that's the what? father. He had, he had a talk. He had a talk with John, his brother-in-law. Went out for a walk, came back and had a nap on the couch. Yeah. Okay. Sounds sounds normal, Basically. like a normal day. Everyday stuff. Yeah. And then the so mother, the mother is the other one, right? That got uh, Abby. Abby is the stepmother who was the murdered. Stepmother. Yes. Yeah. And you said was... this was eighteen ninety-two. Yes. And she, and she was murdered by the stairs. She was murdered in the guest bedroom, guest and bedroom. where the guest bedroom sits, it is the door is across from where the stairwells come up. Okay. And from the stairs going up, you can see beneath the bed. The bed is about like three or four inches from the ground, so you right. can see beneath it. You would see. Between the body and the between the bed, the body and the dresser, you would see through under the bed and see her body lying there. Oh, so you could see. Her. Okay, I, that's what I was wondering. I was like, you, you said by the from the stairwell. By the stairwell. Okay, so you you'd still have to be looking inside of a room, but you could see her body laying there. If so. the door was open, you would see her body a hundred percent. Okay. Oh man. It's not like you wouldn't okay. notice. So, gotcha. testimonies began. Lizzie was very inconsistent throughout the entire trial. It was noted, however, before this point and during even the murders, she was on a regular prescription of morphine. So a lot of her testimony actually wasn't valid because she was in a state. Every every time a police person talked to her, it was a different story. That's very much the down to she was drugged up on on morphine. Some, who who, on per- morphine. who prescribed her morphine and how long is before or after? The entire family wasn't feeling well. It was before the murders. Oh man! This. And this is back when morphine was what we would take Advil. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> if you had, if you had a sore ankle, if you had a sore stomach, you were given morphine. Yeah. If you, if you were in pain, you got a shot of morphine. And she was on it as a regular dose. Hmm. As this is also dose. back when, like, medicines would contain, uh, you know cocaine and heroin and oh the good old days (laughs) (laughs) i remember uh wildcats talking i'm gonna look up just because it's funny i remember seeing like an old 
prescription label where it had literally everything in it. Oh, like sawdust and heroin and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's stupid. Sawdust? Stuff. Wait, hold on. What do you? What are no, you... some of them are strange. No, some of them are like, like some of them are legitimately just like yeah, sawdust. Like sawdust. I mean, uh, Coke used to have cocaine, right? Like that was a thing, or is that a a myth? A lot of oh no, they used to, but a lot yeah. of old medicines used to have just random stuff. Here, have some lead in your medicine. Yeah, and, and so her testimony wasn't valid because she was on drugs, and it. But couldn't they question have questioned her later on when she wasn't on drugs? Is that a, or was it just because the trial You'll happened see. so quickly? You'll see. Oh, there are many oh, reasons there, why she got away reasons? with this. Oh, there are many reasons she got away with this. Also, really quickly, I found the thing I was looking for. It had alcohol, cannabis, chloroform, morphine, heroin, and cocaine in it. Jesus. Heck yeah. What, like what was it for? It was <laughs> the, cough syrup. It was, it was for coughing. <laughs> it was cough syrup. <laughs> I'm tired of coughing. This will definitely You, you, you seem it. really energetic after you've had a cough for a few days. Yeah, I do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but also heroin at the same time Dude, yeah. and alcohol bro like the alcohol was just to be able to wash it all down let's be honest <laughs> should we mix this all in water nah, nah. Let's that's the chaser <laughs> anyway uh lizzie borden expert so the inquest began on the 8th of august my birthday funnily enough but so and your name's also no, she's Lizzie. Her full name is Lizzie. Her, actually, her full name is Lizzie Andrew Borden. Being the mm. father. <laughs> so. Any connections to the was... court? <laughs> no, thank you. Thank God. <laughs> but. During the entire interrogation process, even before the inquest began, she was very calm and poised during all of her interrogations. Again, this might be because of the uh, morphine. But no one checked her for bloodstains. No one checked her for anything. They checked her room, but a very cursory inspection. And even at the trial, the police admitted to not doing a proper job because Lizzie wasn't feeling well, so they didn't want to bother her too much. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the... my God. Oh, you're not yes, feeling well, like you have a question. I can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the police then continued to do another a full search of the house, and in the basement, they found two hatchets two axes, and a hatchet head with a broken handle. Where did they find this? In the basement. Okay. The, the One of the hatchets, specifically, had red paint. Well, red stains all over it. Later was found out to be paint. So, it was admitted to evidence it wasn't kept. But the, but the hatchet head was. Because when they found it, the hatchet head looked like it had a lot of dust on it, as if it had been intentionally made to look like it had been there a long time whereas everything else didn't have the same amount. So, the so hatchet head was taken into evidence. The one that had the paint on it was a different one, right? Yes, a different one. Okay. Um, different hatchet. So, and, also, and the I... one that had the paint on it, was it red paint? Did they do the whole, like... Yeah, it was oh. red paint. They thought it was blood, and they looked, and it was paint. Okay. Also, I remembered the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, about the trial portion, they were saying that, like, she looked very calm and collected during calm. everything. If she didn't do the murders, she was the one who discovered the bodies, wasn't she? She was the one who discovered Andrew's body 
and then yeah. they found Abby later on dead upstairs. So, I mean, yeah. walking in and seeing your father dead with his you face mangled like that, not just shock, you're going to have PTSD. Like, you're going to be, yeah. like, fucked up. Distraught. Yeah. And to then be asked to relive those moments in front of, I'm sure at the time, you know, tens of strangers. Yeah. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna break down. Yeah, there's yeah. there's t there's two there's two responses to this situation. It's you are an emotional wreck and they can't get a word out of you, or you are so numb and in shock that you're just recalling mm -hmm. it like nothing happened because you can't. Yeah. Just your a robot. brain won't let you, your right. brain won't let you process that shock, I, so it's just going. This is a series of events as far as I remember it. Yeah, but I wonder Point what one. the the thought process behind. Let me take this hatchet, put a little bit of red stain on it. And then try to hide the fact that this other hatchet was never used. I wonder, like, if in her drugged up state she thought, if I hide the actual murder weapon in dust and make this toy weapon look like it's a murder weapon, they can't ever get my fingerprints out of it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, oh, am I am I running you, ahead? You will get answers to this. Oh, okay. tell me more. I'm hungry. So the inquest began, eighth of August. She was refused a family attorney because under the state statute at the time, an inquest must be held in private. So she was not given a family attorney. She, it was noted that the district attorney that was against her was very aggressive and confrontational. Um, she was continued to be calm because throughout all this, she was still on regular doses of morphine to help cal now it was to help calm her nerves because of the testimony. Um, on the 11th of August, she was served a warrant of arrest and she was jailed. The entire inquest was repeatedly written about. It was significant nationwide. And it was even in um, a three-page write-up in the Boston Globe, a very prolific newspaper of the time. Um, the grand jury received evidence, or started beginning to receive evidence, on the 7th of November. And Lizzie was in, um, indicted on the 2nd of December. So hold on. Uh, when did it start? Uh, they started receiving evidence on the 7th of November. And, and it was indicted on the 2nd? Indicted on the 2nd of September. Of December. Okay. So that's about a month-long indictment process. Yep. Which obviously things were different back then. For, for listeners, I'm an attorney in Georgia. I'm an attorney in the United States. Um, I already started to say it, In Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to think, like, that's that's a long indictment process. Even, like, murder cases that we handle, like, get indicted in a day. Hmm. Yeah. What does it mean like, to get indicted? Like, what... So, for a case in the United States to get indicted, what basically happens... So, when you initially get arrested, you are not actually being formally charged with anything. You're being accused of committing a crime by a sworn law enforcement officer. The district attorney's office will have the opportunity to examine that accusation and decide if they, the representative of the legal entity that is the state you live in, want to press charges, want to actually charge you with a crime. That process is called indictment. What happens is the district attorney's office will compile the information they've gotten through their own investigation, present it to a group of a jury of your peers, and ask, do you, these random group of people, think 
we have enough information to take this person to trial and to actually seek a conviction for the violation of our laws. Oh, okay. So it's like pre pre set up for an actual court like case. Correct. Like, and I, if, do we have enough here to to start right. a court case? And if a case fails at the indictment level, then the case is dismissed. Oh. Now, sorry, I this is what I do for a living, so I love expanding on it. No, um, it people helps. people talk every now and again about double jeopardy, which double jeopardy is a concept in law that basically says, Joe, you get accused of, you know, jaywalking. They take you to trial. They find you did not commit jaywalking. The state can't go do another investigation, come back and try you for it again. They can try you for a different jaywalking event, right. but that one... They've had their chance. They can't just keep going back after the same person. In indictment, that's not the case. If they try to indict you and don't have enough information and the jury says no, at least in the state of Georgia, the district attorney's office can go get more information and try again. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That, that was pretty neat. Yeah. It's helpful having the uh, the one professional of law actually in this call while we're talking about <laughs> the things that happened. Um, so yeah. Keep in mind, like I said, this is 1890s court. I was, yeah, I was not around as just we'll yet. As, as we'll find out, very different in this, in this case. <laughs> so, half a year later, on the 5th of June, 1893, in New Bedford, her trial began. Five days before the trial commenced, says five and everywhere i looked it's four people can't do maths on the 1st of june 1893 another axe murder has occurred in fall river massachusetts the victim is a one bertha manchester and she was found hacked, hacked to death in her kitchen obviously by the jurors it was noted that this is a very similar murder occurrence however a year later in, in 1894, a Portuguese immigrant called, um, I'm going to butcher this, Joe, and I apologize, uh, Jose Correa de Mello, Mayo, I don't know how you pronounce M-E-L-L-O in Portuguese. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, he was we'll, convicted we'll of the murder. It. He was convicted of the murder and determined to have not been, Fall River, not been in Fall River during the time of the Borden murders. So he was clear of the Borden murders, but not clear of, he was guilty of the murder of Bertha Manchester. This was just noted in the jurors of, huh. Mm, okay, we've had another axe murder of very similar varieties while Lizzie has been in prison this entire time. Okay. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> the autopsies were done, and the heads of Andrew and Abby Borden were taken by forensics. The soft tissues were melted down, and the live, well, live. The real skulls were presented in court as evidence in front of Lizzie and in front of everyone else present. What? That would never fly today. That would Lizzie never... Lizzie at this point fainted. <laughs> Lizzie fainted upon seeing this. Well, as you yeah. would seeing your parents' uh, skulls presented to you with hatchet crushes in the face and in the side Bro, of the head. Those different you know. times. <laughs> different I'm trying... Times. I'm trying to imagine walking into my boss's office and going, hey, we've got an idea for trial. 
You know, that <laughs> dude just we... got killed. Let's take his head and place it on the stand. <laughs> yeah, let's bring it in. But they, uh, photography wasn't a big big thing oh, back was. then, right? It was? It was. You... Yeah, so the reason but, I but was it good? Earlier... Was it good photography or was it kind of like green, like decent enough? You'll, I will, I will tell you more. There's a lot to this case. <laughs> I was trying to give them out, like, oh yeah, they didn't have photography, but if they had photography, like, oh, oh they, they did. They had good photography. Like, oh, it was still man. black and white, but it was good quality. Because <laughs> the reason I was asking when it was was because I was looking up when electricity became big in the United States, yeah. and this, so this was ten years after like Edison and the light bulb and all that, which. Talking about people getting away with things. Edison didn't invite, invent the light bulb. He's a crook. Moving on. It was Correct. Tesla, right? Or yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was Tesla. Einstein, or not Einstein. Uh, Edison stole about 80% of his inventions and passed them off as his own. Wow, how rude. Um, he, was an abs- he was an absolute scam artist. <laughs> Nikola Tesla all the way. <laughs> so He was from Venus, right? Oh, anyway, that's a whole different. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's my tinfoil? <laughs> Got the tinfoil hats, everyone. So, at this point in the trial, the heads have been showed Lizzie has fainted. The most prominent point of discussion for the entire trial was that the hatchet head was brought forward. The only piece of evidence they really had as a murder weapon. And they placed the hatchet into the wounds created oh on the God. skull. And the hatchet did not make those wounds. The hatchet was not the murder weapon. None of the weapons that were put into evidence were the murder weapons. Even the hatchet head, which currently is on display in the the museum at Fall River, was never once classified as the murder weapon. Ooh, that's Even if it's listed as Lizzie Borden's murder weapon. It's, it never has been. Then how are we ever going to live, live it down? We've made a whole nursery rhyme and everything. What, what is it? How does yeah. it go? Uh, the nursery Lizzie rhyme, Borden also took wrong. an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Yeah. And there is a second verse. Oh, what is many that? people don't know. Andrew Borden now is dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven, he will sing. On the gallows, she will swing. Oh. She never did. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> See, uh, I think the, the reason that they kept the, those nursery rhymes is because they worked on them so hard. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> they are catchy. <laughs> they are catchy. Have you ever tried to make a haiku? Have you ever tried? It's real difficult. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we're we're about to come out with these nursery uh, rhymes. Five seven five. Goddamn. Uh, yeah, I want you to know, I I counted your syllables to see if have you ever tried to make a haiku was a haiku, and I'm very upset that it wasn't. <laughs> uh, if I had, I would that if if I could have any useless superpower to be able to speak in only haikus would be one of them. <laughs> would be delightful (laughs) annoying as hell but delightful yeah so they when they obviously the patchet head didn't fit they checked the handle the handle i also had stains on it it wasn't blood stains there was nothing about the weapons that were admitted that made them think it was this weapon there was no blooded clothing although on the 8th of august 1892 back when the original, the beginning of the whole investigation began, it was testified that someone saw Lizzie burning a dress on a stove in the kitchen that she had claimed it was ruined by wet paint. No one in the entire jury or court questioned this. Wait, repeat that one more time because I I am so flabbergasted. (laughs) She was doing what? 
she was she was apparently witnessed in the kitchen burning a dress on a kitchen stove claiming uh-huh. that it had been ruined by wet paint and no what, what, one did it happen to be red paint did it happen to be you know <laughs> yeah okay. no one stated it right before you said that <laughs> sentence for the first time i'm in my head going why is Kat doing this for the episode where people got away with things? She's clearly fucking innocent. Yeah. And then you said that. She was just, you know, And I'm like, oh, oh no. You, people you, back then were stupid. Oh, you know what oh, it no. is? I, I got to figure it out, guys. I, I, I cracked the code. You remember that, that paint can in the, in the basement? She was the one playing with the hatchets. Just pretending to to go at the the paint, and she got her her dress all dirty, and now she just has to burn it. Like it just she got paint on yep. the dress. It just has to go. There's nothing nefarious about this at all. I think she's innocent. <laughs> so, the part that I think is going to drive Mouse insane with this information. No. 15 days later, after the trial began, on the 20th of June, 1893, the jury, which at the time consisted of only men because women could not be jurors in this time period, uh, the good old they, times. Spent, they spent 10 minutes deliberating. They, yeah, drowned, yeah. they dragged it out over an hour out of respect for Andrew Borden's name. They acquitted her of all murders. Oh my god, dude. And the speculation is... That a woman was not capable of such a gruesome violence. So they yeah. completely acquitted her. So no one ever went after John Morse, who was a butcher, who never came. Oh, to they town didn't go for after some him? reason. Left. He 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 never visited very often, and yet he came to town one day and then left for a few days. Emma Borden, who never left the house for more than one day at a time, mysteriously went to visit friends for two weeks the day before this happened coincidences kept piling up <laughs> wait wait hold on hold on i'm trying to wrap my my head around this my, my little tiny lizard brain can't handle all this um you're telling me that the that butcher was never blamed and he was only there a couple of times and yep. and there was no suspicion of him nope. at all no, no okay nope. and, no, he wasn't in the house good. at the time so the yeah. the thing is like that's crazy to me <laughs> the ten minute, the ten minute deliberation period, not as crazy as you would think. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's never that short. But like, if I remember right, I think the OJ deliberations were only like three and a half, four hours. Though even recently, the Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, his jury deliberation was less than a day uh Derek Shelvin I think was only like eight or nine hours like if a jury has a set mind they don't have to deliberate for very long yeah no there was there was but another it... story that that only took like 10 minutes it was uh oh, I'll have to look it up but basically what they said is like oh we just all got together and we we spent about 10 minutes we we did the whole hour just uh you know, messing around and drinking drinks. It took us longer to finish our drinks than it took to deliberate or whatever it was like yeah. the quote. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. So the big speculations. Yeah. I was going to say, and the week long, or you said what, 10 day trial? 
Yeah, fifteen day trial total. Fifteen day trial. Yeah, that's not abnormal. I've that's normal. I've dealt with murder trials that have lasted four or five days. The the bulk of trial is usually outside the presence of the jury and is actually kind of behind the scenes. It's arguing with the judge over what evidence will and will not be allowed in the trial, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Um, but also because like anytime, you know, people love to show in uh, in the courtroom dramas, someone stand up and say objection and they debate over this objection. Yeah, that, yeah. If it's a quick objection, that will happen. But if it needs to go into actual discussion, the first thing that happens is the jury is pulled out of the room. Yeah. Because a lot of the times you're going to have to proffer during that argument, which means you're going to have to basically tell the judge, oh, here's other information I think is going to come forward. And that's why that that's why this is important. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't do that because you don't know that it's going to come in and you can't put it in the jury's ears. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So the two main speculations that are have came across from all this is it's well known that Emma and Lizzie did not like Abby and therefore killing Abby isn't a shock. It's very it's very well noted that maybe they intended or Lizzie intended to kill Abby but not Andrew. It was just a kind of a spur of the moment thing. There was all speculation that um Andrew Borden had been uh physically abusing Lizzie and Emma which obviously would drive her to kill him. But the way back in the 1890s, there was no real way of collecting this, any sort of evidence to do with sexual assault, physical assault. And therefore it just wouldn't have passed as any yeah. sort of evidence. So it just wasn't mentioned ever. Um, Were there any records of her like coming forth and being not, and saying any of that? No, nothing like nothing at all. Mm. Um, the only other fun fact I found, which I thought was very interesting um there was a book written about the entire case in 1984. There was a film that came out in 2018, which, oh, 2018. Chris, which had Kristen Stewart in, oh, in it, which was interesting. That's fun. There is even a supernatural episode called Thin Lizzy, where they investigate the Borden house where, where axe murders have been taken place, and they originally suspect her ghost, but then find her not guilty of the murders. What? Oh, that's crazy. Is, sus as hell that is sus <laughs> and the the part that made me want to do this entire thing is that the lizzie borden house is an actual museum and a live b&b where you can go and stay in the room are you... there are pictures around the entire b&b of the actual crime scene photos of their heads caved in and everything <laughs> you'd be surprised how often that happens it is it's it is so in though. insane how often brutal murders will, ha will happen and then just the location will become like a staple in that town yeah. just like yeah come visit but, come stay the night cuz the one video i watched well two i watched two main two main videos about this one of them was they were doing a ghost hunting episode and one thing that they noted was the tour guide literally said here is the picture and they they mapped kind of where the where the floor pattern was and they got her for when the other two people came up because they they were staying in the what was called now called the John Morse guest room. That's where he stayed, where Abby was killed. Was they got her to lie down, and it was a terrifying moment where she realized she is the same height as Abby Borden, Ooh. and she was laying exactly where her head was, oh, laying exactly dude. where Abby had died. <laughs> Bro, that's got to be a freaky feeling, like just in general. That's, 
Yeah. But she was doing it to prove that when people came up the stairs to, on the tour, they could see her laying, laying through there. the bed. They, you could see her 100%. Because yeah. all the furniture is still there and everything? It's 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 called replica um, things. So all the actual furniture has been taken and replaced because it's obviously it's from it's a century old. Yeah. But they're all they're all period pieces, so they are all as accurate as possible. It's all okay. made up as accurate. Apart from one room that used to be like um, Abby Borden's dress closet, they changed that into another room itself. Yeah. But there was even like there was a second a set bit. of stairs. There was a second set of stairs in the house that Ab that Andrew Borden would use that he had a key to that would lock. So he would never, even if he had gone upstairs for a nap and not stayed down on the sofa, he wouldn't have used the main staircase. So even he wouldn't have seen Abby's body. Oh, snap. There is so much shit where it's like that. And the only reason it was ever locked is because it was broken into once and they used that staircase to get hold of Abby's jewelry and other like expensive things. So what, what became so of her? Like she was let go she continued to live in fall river massachusetts against everyone's wishes that her all of her friends believed that she was guilty everyone oh, who snap. knew her thought she was guilty she stayed in fall river massachusetts i i think until she died from what i remember reading it was yeah she has to be she yeah. would have she'd no, be yeah. like she, 150 by now she has to no, she, she died she died in 1927 um in fall river massachusetts she was uh 59 by that maths. No. 69. Oh my god, I can't do maths. 40. 67. Almost 67. So she lived to the age of 67, died in in the same town? Yep, lived and died in Fall River. Fall River. (laughs) That's crazy. And yeah, the house is still there. The museum has the hatchet. It's not the murder weapon, even though it says it is, because it was never proved in court. Did they ever find out what the weapon was? No. No, it was never like There's, investigated. They also, There's no proof that she ever did it. There's right, no but there, there, there was never looked into what the murderer weapon could they have never been or anything. The case. Never it was reopened just, it. She was let go. John Moss was never investigated. No one else in the house was ever investigated. Hmm. They thought it was Lizzie, and then when it was proven that it wasn't, it was dropped. I think it's also That's worth true. noting she lived with Emma. For almost yeah. the remainder of their lives, with Emma, yeah. her, sister. Sister. her sister, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so she never married. Well. She never well, like. Well, no, that's something I just remembered. You've reminded me of that. Emma went because obviously when the the parents died, she was in jail. Emma got the inheritance, ah, and gave a, like quite a lot of it also to Lizzie when she was released. Yeah, at the <laughs> time of her death, she was worth the equivalent of five point three million. Because she'd inherited. Oh, so they just lived lived comfortably the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Another fun fact to add: she was accused of shoplifting in 1897. Yeah, she was regularly. That's that's something else that um I again you reminded me of things I remember hearing in videos. Um, apparently it was well known that she would walk into shops and just take things and leave. And Andrew Borden had a deal with some of the shopkeepers that. He would just say to them, write down a list of everything that she just takes, and I will settle it at the end of the week. Just don't have her arrested. Wow, so she was like... Because he had a, that much, he yeah, had that he had much that, power and money. That much money. She, they probably upsell yeah. them on stuff, too, and it was fine. And yeah. That's why yeah. this case is one of the most like well-known female cases in the U.S., because one of the biggest things all it was, if she wasn't from a rich, powerful family, would she have gotten away with it? 
I mean, when you kill the rich, powerful family, though. <laughs> that's the issue. No, no one liked Andrew Borden. That's the thing, though. If, if yeah, the rich tycoon that no one likes dies, no one's going to give a shit. Apart from the yeah, he was like the Scrooge. He he is the yeah. the reason the 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 the, the ghost of Christmas, Christmas past comes to visit yes, him. You know, so he's the... that, but then, yeah, <laughs> no one would have given a shit if he died. Yeah, but okay. Then, yeah. That's crazy to me. Stuff like that, yeah. No, she she never never was arrested. She lived till sixty six and died there. And I, 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 this is something that I told uh, Joe at one point, uh, Mouse, which is something I watched it. I watched a video of a guy doing a tour of the house. He was recording like a private tour with him and his friends. The guy doing the video is a fifth cousin of Lizzie Borden. His great 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 grandfather was Andrew Borden's cousin. Okay. One of the members of the Morse family, who was um, the maiden name of their biological mother and John Morse, that family then also remarried into the family generations later. Oh <laughs> and God. there is a third family which lines into the Morse and Borden family tree called the Montgomerys, who also then at one point remarried into the family. So this guy during the video was part of three family ties to the same Borden family, all relating back to Lizzie Borden. And it's Jeez. horrifying. Yeah, that's... I mean, you gotta keep it in the family. I guess that's how you oh, do it yeah. in Massachusetts. Massachusetts? I can't speak today. Massachusetts. 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 Massive two shits. That's how, that's how you do it there, I guess. But, that's but crazy. that's the case of Lizzie Borden. There are still some people to this day who believe it was John. People who have done ghost paranormal activities, they'll do the spirit box and it will say it was John or oh, John. Oh my god. <laughs> Literally they they recorded it, it and they they a lot of people think it was John Morse. Yeah. There is no evidence okay, against so we've I mean, got, I, I we've got spirit I, box. Look, do we have EMF? Do we have fingerprints? There was no EMF, <laughs> no fingerprints, no cold temperatures. Look, okay. I, I was guilty. I'll, I'll admit it. At the very beginning of your story, I was like, John did it. He's going to be the one blamed. So I understand why people feel that way. But oh, she clearly did it. So Lizzie. Oh, yeah. yeah like I said, right up, right up until the point where we were talking about the dress getting burned, I was like, what the fuck is Kat talking about this for? She's innocent. Wait, she did what with the dress? <laughs> Oh no, she guilty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is this story of Lizzie Borden and the Borden. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that story. The one who got away, or oh, one of the ones that got the away. The one who really got away with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised we're not even gonna uh, mention Jodie Foster, but I'll, I'll just put her in here. Jody definitely did it. I'm just gonna throw <laughs> a shout out. <laughs> That's her name, right, Jodie Foster? No. I'll look it up. Jodie Foster's an actress. No, not Jodie Foster. The the chick that killed her baby. What, what was her name? Eileen Warnes? No. It was in the... Oh, um... What is oh, name? what the fuck was her name? Something uh, Anthony. Uh, Casey, Casey Anthony. Casey Anthony. Thank I don't know you. why I thought Jodie Foster was oh. Casey Anthony for some reason. In my head, I'm I was sorry, going, Jody. Carrie, Carol... <laughs> Jody. <laughs> that's an insult to her her legacy oh. as a, an actress yeah. no <laughs> isn't jodie foster uh hello clarice yeah she's um yeah she's clarice clarice from Sounds of the lambs yeah yep from the original Sounds of the lambs yep 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 i i messed that up completely no 
Jodie Foster, just in case you're listening, we don't think you killed anyone. Yeah, you didn't. You got do it. away was, with it. I was just trying to uh, put Casey Anthony on blast because she definitely did it. Casey Anthony definitely. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. But anyway, I just wanted to mention her. But Mouse, you ready for yours? Sure. So, as we mentioned at the beginning, I chose Courtney Love for. People who don't know who that is just based off the name, Courtney Love was the wife of Nirvana lead man Kurt Cobain. Um, in, uh, I gotta remember when, in the 90s, in uh, 94, actually, Kurt Cobain was found in his home having allegedly committed suicide. Um, he was found with a shotgun in his lap and a suicide note near trigger warning for anyone listening who has issues regarding the topic of suicide. This story is entirely about suicide. Yeah. It's going to have an explicit warning to the, the yes, this, this story has a lot to do with suicide. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the cut and dry. Officers came in, almost instantly determined it to be a suicide, and it wrapped up from there. However, a lot of people began to ask questions about his relationship with Courtney Love. Apparently, there had been some hard times in their marriage recently, and then more and more little bits of information started to pop up. Now, to clarify, Courtney Love has never been charged with anything. She's never been arrested. She's never been charged. Um, She's never even been officially suspected by the police. The police of Seattle, Washington, have never claimed that Kurt Cobain's death was anything other than suicide. They've never listed suspicious means, anything like that. This is strictly a, you know, fan conspiracy theory. That happens to be true. Anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah, Fan so it just happens. Some of the some of the big things. Is she still alive? By the way, like, yes. I, I, yep. Just a little background. I don't know anything about this chick. Neither do I. All uh, right. So Courtney Love was her own musician at the time. She yeah. is still uh, a singer songwriter. She was actually more famous than Kurt Cobain when they met. She was worth more money, uh, which comes into play. Because they did get married, they had a very publicized relationship, and at times a very controversial relationship. They, you know, they would be seen getting into fights. It's worth noting, they were both very heavily involved in the drug scene, um, including heroin, cocaine, marijuana, all types of things like that. It's um, a rock star way of life, man. Exactly. Um The reason I said that her being worth a little more would come into play is when they got married, she forced him to sign a prenup, stating that when, if they were to get divorced, that the, whichever party, I guess, initiated the divorce would have to pay the other party a small settlement, but that was it. No splitting of act, no splitting of assets, nothing like that. Is this a prenup or is during their oh, relationship? This was a prenup. Okay. So 
And, you know, she had him sign it because at the time she was worth far more than he was. Um, of course, after they got married, Nirvana took off. He started becoming very rich. Around the time of his death, there were also rumors circulating within some parts of the music industry that he was considering quitting the music industry. He is very widely publicized as saying he never wanted the big fame he got. He was a part of the grunge alternative lifestyle. He wanted to be what we would refer to now as hipster music. He did not want. <laughs> he would to turn be over in his grave. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yes. He, I, I get the, not... the sentiment. I get the sentiment. Like yeah. he doesn't want to be mainstream. He wants right. wants to be part of the. And he didn't underground. He didn't want to be a household name. He was on record as saying he didn't want to be called the voice of a generation, which he was being called at the time, and that weighed heavily on. So it's widely publicized that he had been. Well, at the time, it was rumors. It's now been confirmed by several members of his band and things that he was considering at least taking a break from music, if not quitting altogether. Yeah. Well, by that time, Courtney Love's music was not doing as well. It was still doing well, but not as well. And she had gotten used to a very specific lifestyle, fueled by the money he was getting. Well it surfaced that he had been pretty regularly meeting with his attorney believed to have been discussing divorcing her. And again, because of that prenup that she forced him to sign, she would have made very little money. Because he's um, got the money now, right? Or is Right. It... Now, okay. she would have had all the money she was making on her own, right. but she wouldn't have access to any Nirvana money. Okay. Um, it was also apparently noted that he was meeting with his attorney and had been in the process of removing her from his will. Oh, shit. Because okay. he was planning on divorcing her, didn't want her to be a part of his will. So did this all come up out after he was already, like, yeah, after he passed. was dead already. They were yeah. like, hey, he was meeting with, with the, the lawyers come forward and say, yeah, he was. Doing I think so. I don't, I don't know specifically how some of this broke. Um, but I've seen it confirmed in a couple of different sources. Um, but of course, she was very mad about this. Interestingly enough, one of the only ways to void that prenum was if either of them were caught cheating. Oh, shit. Okay. So she hired a private investigator named Tom Grant to hunt, basically, to follow Kurt Cobain and see if he was cheating. She, uh, Courtney Love, so kind of presumed that he was cheating on her with Kirsten Pfaff, which was actually the bass player in Courtney Love's traveling band. Oh, shit. Apparently there was a lot, there was very closeness between them, things like that. Uh, after Kurt Cobain died, about two months later, Kirsten Pfaff was found dead. Oh, shit. Wait. Under mysterious circumstances. 
the woman he was allegedly yeah, cheating. Yeah, but how was she found dead? What do you What do you mean? She I'm was, gonna get to that. She was just I'm gonna found get to that. dead. <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm gonna get to that. So, about a week after uh, Kurt Cobain's death, Faf cleaned up. She stopped doing drugs. She moved back home with family. She just decided to clean up her life. She went to drug rehab, got together with old friends, and everything worked perfectly fine. Then two months later, she was found dead due to a drug overdose. Hmm. Having shown no examples of relapse or behavior indicating relapse, and was found dead from a drug easily injectable. Right, that's oh. super sus. Oh, that that is awesome. <laughs> now, Love was convinced that they were cheating. And other people who knew Faf also thought they were cheating. They may have been, I don't know, I don't really care, not worth killing someone over. They right, may have been. Right. <laughs> um, but Courtney began to realize that if she didn't kind of figure this out, she didn't prove it, she was going to end up getting left with nothing and Cobain was going to leave her for this other woman. So what basically happens is, you know, that, that's the first bit of information to come out. I apologize, I'm tripping over my words a little bit. Well, after that, things began to come out about the specifics of his suicide. For example, it was discovered that he had what would is believed to be around three times the lethal dose of heroin in his system at the time of his death. Heroin, huh? Then would kill a normal person. Wait, so he I was killed by, by yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's heroin overdose and the other person was heroin overdose. I don't know, mm-hmm. seems kind of sussy. And so there's that. Um, I'm going to find, I have a thing here that specifically talks about it. Uh, I want to use the wording they used because it was really good. Um, It's so, stuff like this is like, terrifies me about other people. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's in my brain as just, like, again, it might be individual sake. It might be gender-based, but doesn't. It's always like stereotype that women are the very much the jealous party in most relationships. Right. I don't understand it. If if you're not happy, leave. But also, that shit isn't worth crying about. Never mind killing someone for. Well, it, it's oh, okay. the lifestyle. Like he was saying, it, it, they got, yeah. get used to it's it's greed on top of jealousy and all this That's stuff a and hatred. Lifestyle, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so you don't want to lose that lifestyle. You're so used to it. You go to so, extremes, but it, it seems, like you said, a little bit excessive. Just a little bit, you know, not too much. So I can't find the specific thing they said here, but it was basically that there, there were a couple of issues because of that heroin being in a system. Number one, he probably would have been too intoxicated to get the gun in position. Number two, he probably would have been comatose by the time he got the gun in position. Even for someone who repeatedly abused drugs, that level of heroin would have killed you quickly. So, I, I, yeah, I have a question about that. Like, 
obviously, if you're saying about three times the, le the lethal dose, I'm assuming that's not just like, because a lot of people you see, they just do like the one shot usually, and that's them out or having whatever trip heroin yeah. causes. Like, so that is like, literally, it would take him, excuse the, the phrasing of shotgunning like three or four injections worth of heroin and still somehow being copus mentis for it not to have immediately just gone and trained into his system and just... Right. Well, most of the time what happened with the syringe is you would melt down the heroin and pull it up into the syringe. You might only fill the syringe a quarter of the way. Yeah, okay. So what it looks like is somebody filled up an entire syringe Yeah. and, in, you know, he was injected. And, and, and I don't... I mean, I'm not super versed on how drugs work. How quickly does does that kind of stuff uh, just yeah, how would that take to actually affect? Not you? sure how quick it would take to kill you. No, no but the, the effects, effects the effects. Yeah. You're shooting it directly into your bloodstream. It's, it's close it's to instantaneous, instant, right? That that's what I thought because I was yeah. like, anytime you get you know put under in the the hospital or anything like that, it's yeah. usually pretty yeah. instantaneous. So you're Second you're probably second. talking at most 30 seconds before you start feeling the effects. And yeah. with how much you took, you're going to start feeling big effects very quick. Right. And so but so that comes to a yeah. second thing, which was that so he a, he probably wouldn't have been able to manipulate the gun that well. He also probably would have been dead by the time he would have been able to shoot the gun. Now, here's the issue. The gun did not make his head, for lack of a better word, explode. Like you would think of a watermelon being shot by a gun. Right. The reason it didn't explode was because he didn't have active blood pressure. Everything oh, was already oh, still. Yeah. If your blood pressure was up, your head would explode. It just ripped the hole through his head. Oh man, that's 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 kind of crazy to look to think about. I don't. I mean, I'm not a, a an expert in blood spider, but I'm guessing somebody looked into blood the the evidence of the blood spider. This reminds me very much of like a, a Dexter type thing where he would go in and he would look at now, how it splattered and stuff like that. Because that kind of science does exist, right? So, so is that somebody that that looked into this saying that it's like, hey, there's not this isn't indicative of somebody with a pressure or a pulse, right? So just just yeah. quickly, while I look up because I was because I, I I look into forensics all the time, and obviously everyone wants to hear the word like death and body. They normally always think of rigor mortis, which is where your muscles seize. The other one, which is what you made me think about, is called liver mortis, which literally, it happens between 30 minutes and 4 hours after death. It's where all your blood pressure and all the blood start, stops coagulating. I mean, sorry. Yeah, it's it's the state of which your blood yeah is meant to coagulate. It yeah, stops. It just becomes mm -hmm. gel like at that point. Gel, yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't be... Yep. So it, and so, yeah. so here's the next part. Oh, There's a suicide note found next to it. The okay. note is a full page of relatively small script. There's a decent amount in the letter. Okay. The letter talks extensively about how unhappy he is with the current state of his career, with his music, with his life, kind of in general. Mm -hmm. It never even comes close to alluding to death. Except okay. the last four or five lines of text. I'm going to send y'all 
a photograph of oh, that letter. Yeah. And I want kidding. you to take a look at it and look at those last four or five oh, lines oh that God. actually allude to death. I'm I'm assuming that this was oh, all like cross forensic wow. with like handwriting specialists and stuff like that to prove that it was his Bro. writing and not the... anyone else's, I'm assuming. Yes. Was it proven to not be his or is it uh, you could tell uh, right off the it bat was, it wasn't it done by the police it was done by a privately hired authenticator that does not look like the same handwriting you can look at the entirety of this the script it and doesn't up, even up look until close. the very end and then you see it, it almost looks like uh you have like a manifesto and then some people are signing it at the bottom saying like, mm -hmm. you know, I've, you know, I, I was here kind of like the, um, what's it called? It, it just looks that way. And then at the very bottom, you could tell that the, that writing looks completely different. And <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but women's handwriting and men's handwriting are usually really different and when you look at them uh woman's handwriting tends to be more like animated i don't know like comic comic sense sense yeah. like they're they're very like pretty and all this stuff and then a guy's handwriting tends to be small and kind of like very um times new romanesque now that's not for everybody but it, it like generally speaking you kind of see those and you could see that the handwriting right here in this picture that you sent completely changes. Mm -hmm. Here's another great thing. Guess was get guess what was not found on the gun or pen used to write that letter. Any fingerprints of his? A single fingerprint. Not of anyone else, not of him. You know what dead people famously don't do? Wipe for prints. After they're done, yeah. Wait, so there wasn't any fingerprints on anything? On the trigger, on the pen, on the barrel of the gun? Nothing. Now, I've seen this come up in trials. You are never going to pull a print from the barrel of a gun. Right. There's a lot of heat and it will vaporize the oils almost instantly. The pen at least. Even the trigger, you're not always going to get a usable print off of. Right. And that's, and that's but a that pen? That's what you're drawn to. Even if it was a pen that like had been used repeatedly, you were going to get at least some finger... Unless it was a brand new pen out of the packet. Yeah, even it's, then. It's going to have at least some fingerprints of other people, old ones that are smudged and well gone, but to have no fingerprints at all. Here's another fun fact. Oh, Lord. Guess whose body was cremated four days after his death, even though he had never requested for his body to be cremated. Oh, man. And did uh, did they get to do a forensic test on it? Or not test, but like... They did get to do did, a toxicology, uh, toxicology and things like that. Toxicology and all that stuff. Autopsy they they, they got to do everything they needed before They did thing. an autopsy, but you couldn't go back. Autopsy. Because guess who ordered the cremation? Of course, Courtney Love. His next of kin. Ooh. His wife. That's crazy. Um, I mean, sure, you wouldn't have an open casket, but you know... <laughs> Like, Courtney Love was supposed to go on tour 
very soon after his death. She did not cancel that tour. She went on it anyway. Wait, she now, went on a tour? Yeah, even she after... went on a tour soon after he died. Oh my god. The, now, and and she, was she, like, uh, even remotely sad? Did she show any resemblance? Like, did she play there it is a There is a famous interview of her on Bar- with Barbara Walters. Okay. I will leave it to view the listeners and to you guys to watch that interview for yourself. I think she's full of shit. (laughs) It looks like fake tears. It looks like she's faking. I'm also biased because I genuinely believe this theory. Another thing, because I just want to point out before we go too far off the letter, I'm I keep looking at it. There is so much. I don't want to say panic in the writing because of like, if you were leaving a suicide note for people, again, there's trigger warnings here. I've done this. I have thought it out many times. You, for some reason, it wouldn't stick to me that you would leave scratch marks or you'd leave notes. You you would rewrite it to make right. it legible. You'd think. And what was like a scratch that? What does grit mean? Yeah. And what does cap? there's so much where it's just like what is this random thought process which is just written random anywhere is this someone genuinely out of their mind writing something or is this someone trying to make it look like someone was out of their mind on so the the biggest example for me in this letter is look at the very first letter of the letter the s now look at the very bottom be so much happy yeah it's different yeah that completely different acts yeah but even then but but like the 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 main text is all the same font all the same like slightly italic but then you've got like where it has like the for francis i I love you i love you it's also got that like capped and then like a signature and then you've got top right it looks like grith or grit or whatever it is it's Mm -hmm. not the same right which is why people believe this was a page ripped out of his personal journal those may have been additional notes he jotted himself but also look at the end of the letter we see in the normal writing francis and courtney i'll be at your altar yeah then he again addresses courtney and francis he's already addressed them once like, why is he all of a sudden going back to them? Now, again, I'm also grasping at straws here because, like I do say, I believe this theory. So any evidence that supports it, I am probably going to believe. Um, but moving to the next thing I was going to add, um, where did I see it? Okay, so the next part is the even bigger part. So right before we started actually recording this, we were all kind of joking a little bit about um, the definition of serial killer and things like that. Now, as I stated, like, I do not believe, and I believe the majority of people do not believe that Courtney Love is the person who did the murder. Most people believe she paid someone to do it. Um, And like I said, There's never been any formal investigation into that claim. Police have never actually looked into it. However, shortly after 
the death, or not shortly after, I think it was about three years later, someone came forward claiming to be the person who was asked to commit this murder. A guy named Eldon Hoke, who was a drummer and a vocalist for another band, said that Courtney Love came to him and offered him 50 grand to kill Kurt Cobain and make it look like a suicide. I, I saw this in a, in a YouTube video, That's and he was like, he was hiding the fact that it, that it happened. He was like, I don't know if I should be saying this. He was I, scared of retaliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, she offered him how much? So, 50000 50000 was the allegation. That's what he said. Now, he made that statement during filming for a documentary called Kurt and Courtney, the release of which Love repeatedly fought. She had been allowed to see it first, but fought the publishing. He took two polygraph tests regarding that statement and passed both. Now, as someone who works in the legal industry, polygraph tests are bullshit. Right, dude. They're incredibly easy to beat, and they're, even if you're not trying to beat them, are not wholly accurate. But at the time, he passed these tests, which made it look very believable. Two days after he made that statement in that interview, he was run over by a train in Los Angeles, California. I didn't hear this part. Hold on. The guy that came out and said, I was... I was told to to kill him for 500 or, yeah, 50,000, 50, got run over by a bus two days after? Yep. By a train, he said. Bus or train? I mean, I, large vehicle, but. Bus. Or, bus. sorry, no. Uh, nope, train. Oh, man, a train's a little bit more scary because you can get thrown in front of a train. It's now, harder to get Also, hold on. I did, say, I did say two days later. I want to correct myself. It was two days after he blatantly stated that Love planned the murder. And after he rejected the offer, a man named Alan Wrench accepted the offer. Take a guess if you can tell me who the last person Eldon Hoke was seen alive with. Was it Alan Wrench? Was it him? It was Alan Wrench. Oh my god, that throws a wrench in everything. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, I'm an no. idiot. His name is Alan Wright. <laughs> oh, Alan Wright. <laughs> well, I was reading it wrong. Alan Wright? Dude, I'm sure I'll read all sorts of names wrong. So the, <laughs> the article I'm reading does say Alan Wrench, but then it corrects itself to Alan Wright. Al- Alan Wright. Uh-huh. So, okay. So this Alan Wright, what is where is he at today? Is uh, can we? Find I him? can't find records. I have looked. There's I can't find scary. anything saying there's no record. However, however, there are records that shortly after Cobain's death. <laughs> I mean, come FBI find me, bro. Open up. <laughs> come find me, bro. Um, shortly after Cobain's death, Alan found himself with money. A nice house and a fancy car. Damn. Damn, son. Like This is why <clears> you said crazy. three bodies Hold associated on. with this. There's still one more, right? Have we oh no no, we talked all about three. the girlfriend. No, we've talked about all three. Yeah. Oh um, my God. Suspected cheetah and the 
attempt the person that originally paid to apparently kill him. Dude, Jesus. that is that is crazy. See, here's the thing about hitmen. Now, I just want to go in, into it just for a second. It's never a hitman, right? It's always a sting operation. It's always like somebody on the internet being like, yeah, you know, but it's always the police, right? Every time I've ever heard of somebody trying to hire a hitman, not that I've tried, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is every time that I've heard of somebody doing it, they it's usually the police and they usually get arrested. I used to go to a boxing gym down the street. And that, that happened there, too. Like, it was, like, the wife wanted to kill the husband, offered, like, ten grand and a truck. I'll throw in his truck on top of it, is what what the text Yo, said. And she yeah, ended up... 50 grand is good, but how about an F-150? <laughs> no, it was a Tundra. You know, they wouldn't do oh, it for God. the F-150. I could understand yeah. it for a Tundra, but I can't understand right. it for... <laughs> but... Are you both ready for the oh, biggest no. mind fuck so far? I, I have oh, no. a question though. Hold on. During all of this, during all of these, like the extra deaths and stuff like that, is Connie Love still just on tour doing her usual yep. shit? Yeah, yeah, completely and... fine. I have one, one, one other question, real, real quick too, because I'm, I'm still stuck on this, this, this hitman guy. When you say you can't find record of him, you mean there's no record of him existing, and, and there's no, no, no. Like... He, uh, the person definitely exists. I just haven't been able to find an article of like where is he now. I oh, also okay, haven't okay. looked crazy hard. Yeah, I don't like, think I want to. I'm not going to. I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to take your three, word for three it. Three down the road. <laughs> no, thank you. So, are you ready for the big mind fuck? Okay. okay, the big, the big one. That documentary I mentioned earlier, Kurt and Courtney, mm-hmm. was produced and directed by a man named. Where's the name? Hold on. I want to get his actual name. I want to get it correct. Hank Harrison. Hank Harrison. Okay. Courtney Love's father. Oh shit! Oh shit! Flip who has oh, who has shit. stated <laughs> that at one point he believes Courtney tried to have him murdered? Oh wait, wait. For, for, uh, what for, is, for the audio listeners, um, my jaw was on the ground, and I don't know about Joe's, but no, my mine was the on the ground. The actual shit. I, I was a uh, Pikachu, Pikachuing <laughs> meme. Yeah, surprise <laughs> you know, Pikachu, right? Surprise now. Pikachu! Oh my god! So wait, let me so get the when let me say... get the actual details here. Hank Harrison wrote this, uh, wrote or did that book. He also wrote a book called. The assassination of Kurt Cobain. Bro. <laughs> about his own daughter or just thinking it was an assassination rather than a suicide? No, about the fact that he widely believes his daughter planned this murder. Bro. Because apparently, oh. a while previous to this, Courtney asked, you want to guess who? Eldon Hoke to uh-huh. kill her father Wait. so she could get the inheritance. Oh, the guy that died? The, the guy that... Uh... Yes, the guy she asked to kill Kurt Cobain, who said no. Oh, shit. So, oh. so why was her father getting killed for all the... All the just in general? She, she wanted, wanted the money. She wanted money? Bro, it's all... Oh, my God. Is he still alive oh. to this day? I don't... I doubt it, but... Hank Harrison? Hey. No, he's dead. Yeah. 
Uh, you know another similarity that I found? activity? <laughs> Old age. <laughs> another similarity that I found between all three of our, our murders that got away, murderers that got away, is they all wanted money, bro. It was always mm. about the money. The inheritance. Wait, whoa, whoa. No, you said he died like he died years ago. He died January this year. Oh, did he? Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Courtney Love's estranged father died February twelfth. Well, was it February or January? January twenty third of a heart failure. Yeah, heart failure. Heart failure with like a bullet to the chin. Now, here is a tangently, well, no, almost directly related additional freebie mindfuck. Oh, a freebie mindfuck. Let's go. In March of this year. Oh no. Courtney Love settled a lawsuit with her ex son in law who claims she planned to have him killed and robbed to get one of Kurt Cobain's old guitars out of his house. Uh, uh, what, what? Did the she heck? win or did she Wait. Did you, did They you settled win? out of court for an undisclosed amount. So she threatened him? She, like, legitimately came out and said, I will. No, or so... he came out and said, she threatened me. She she had, she threatened to get me robbed and killed to get a guitar. So her son-in-law stated, uh-huh. former is it, son-in-law. Is this, is, this, is this Kurt Cobain's biological child, I'm assuming, at that point? Yes, I believe so. Not not to him, not to, not to Courtney Love or... Um... Yeah, so uh, it, when think. when Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain's daughter got married to this guy. Oh, okay. So they did have a kid, okay. Yeah, they had a kid who got married to this son-in-law, who when they got divorced got the guitar in the settlement. Okay. Yeah, and she it wanted was it. estimated to be worth $6 million. Right. Okay. As it would Makes be. sense. Several men claiming to be police officers broke into his home in 2016. He was dragged and put into his car, or put into a car, sorry, not his car, and a friend who happened to be in the parking garage at the time and heard the scuffle blocked the car in and called the real cops. Shit. And then what happened now, then? Tell me more. He went to the court and claimed that she got this group of people together to scare him into giving up the guitar and had previously threatened him to try to get the guitar, things like that. Now, the amount of the settlement is undisclosed. There has not been revealed how much it was for. And it's not widely known or publicized. There's not a lot of information about it because the fact that the suit had been filed was publicized and then the fact that it was settled was final, was publicized. There's not a lot of information in between. Bro, I, but honestly, this is now three bodies possibly associated with her and two people both claiming she tried to have them killed. Uh, and yeah, and one huge scare, dude. That's that she fake swatted him. Like that's crazy. Yep. 
I mean, if that, I'm assuming it's true since they settled, you know, like that's, that's crazy to me. That Not is... always. So again, from the legal side of things, a lot of people will settle a case simply because it'll be too expensive. Um, you know, a, you think about, especially someone like Courtney Love, you're going to be hiring an attorney who over the course of a one week trial will cost you a million dollars easy. Okay. So people will settle because they're like, what is even her, if I win this, what's her net worth? What is Courtney? Uh, <laughs> oh, bro, it is one hundred million. One hundred million. Wow. So she's she's still got money. But here's the thing: when he died, she inherited the publishing rights to his music. Of course. Not the yeah, band yeah. Nirvana. Because it didn't her. go through, was it? It didn't go through the whole getting rid of the will thing. So she valued his writing and publishing rights estimated to be worth $250 million. At the time. Fuck, bro. Or still now to this day. This, this is crazy. This, this, this is a... I, I had no idea, honestly. So anytime, so anytime Nirvana is played... All the licensing money that people pay goes to the label or goes to her? Right now it goes to his daughter. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. So has has anything changed in, in recent years? So cool, because she... so even uh Cobain's will basically already stated that Courtney Love was the primary beneficiary of his estate until his daughter turned eighteen. Okay, and she's 29 now. Once she turned 18, she became the primary beneficiary. So now the royalties and everything go to her. And she hasn't had to try to get her killed? That's crazy, nope. bro. Oh my god, dude. That That is... I, I, I was not prepared for that. I, when you said Courtney Love I was, and Kurt Cobain, I was not expecting... Now again, like I said, I do want to be clear about the fact that like... I believe this theory. So there's a lot of information in there that I probably could have done additional research into and haven't. Right. I mean, some of what I said might not be true. It might be wildly accepted as fact and may have been disproven, and I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's the information I have. Well, here's yeah, here's honestly, the thing. Yeah. Here, here's Both my orchestrated his death. Yeah. My two cents. It's if there's one weird coincidence and you're you know, it just happens to to line up, then you know you can refute and say, all right, that didn't happen. But when there's multiple weird instances that kind of line up in one direction, you have to start asking yourself, is there truth to all this put together? You know, and I think there's enough like circumstantial evidence to say yeah she probably did it like she she orchestrated this whole thing now will she ever be tried and will she ever face any consequences for it probably not i don't probably see it not. happening it's been too too long at this point right and so the yeah only, yeah it's been too long you know i don't i don't really see anybody 
up in arms about it anymore. I don't see I don't see any detectives trying to dig up any information or anything like that. And I I don't even know what they could bring or tr try to charge her with. So she is another one that just got away, right? Yeah. That's crazy. I was not expecting that at all. I'm flabbergasted. Now, here's one last kind of tidbit of information. However, everything I'm able to find does kind of... There's conflicting evidence on it. Some people have said that the door to the room he was found in was locked from the outside. Okay, so what does that mean? That like, somebody would have left the room and locked it behind them after he got shot. Yeah. But there's also some kind of controversy over no one knows what specific or no, no one knows. No one has the information as to what specifically the locking mechanism of the door was. And so it could have just locked behind him when he went in. We don't know. So I don't I don't use that fact as like a ha linchpin because it it might be true, it might not be true. He was discovered by an electrician uh, hired to install a security system on the property by Courtney Love. Oh. Oh man. She got a Sparky involved. That's my people's. Um, and she hired him the day after? How, how soon after? Uh, so he went missing on the 5th. And was found on the 8th, I believe. I think I saw that somewhere. Um, so but three, I don't so remember those days? specifics. Yeah. So around three days. He had been so, missing for six, I believe. Oh, six days. I'm I'm reading this the, the actual letter because like I can't let go of it. He repeats the same sentence twice. I don't know anyone that would even in a depressed like suicidal thought. I I don't know anyone who would call themselves an emasculated infantile complainee. That is such a weird phrasing to call yourself. But he is also is that mentions, at the end? No, it's at the beginning. Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated infantile complainee. This note should be pretty easy to understand. But then he repeats twice at some point because I've seen it twice now. Once was like almost written, out, almost crossed out. He, I'm trying to find it exactly again. Um, only because it seems easy for people to get along and have empathy. Only because I love and feel people too much i guess he says it twice at different parts in the note it's like this is if this yeah. was him this is the ramblings of someone off their mind yeah on drugs because this is th this is not coherent it's not which then, again yeah, very well may be true because again it's bottom, thought, yeah. it's thought that this was a page out of his own yeah. personal notebook where he very well may have just scribbled down things when he was hot. What's, yeah. what's the word of it called? Is it called like dissociative writing where you literally just, you just write, you don't even think, you just write whatever comes to yeah. mind and you just, this seems like that's what it is because it doesn't, it seems like everything else was added afterwards, like the two, I think the voter or whatever it is, or 
the Kurt Cobain is very, very small, very at the end. It's not like really labeled clearly that it's from him. Yeah. I mean, if but you're like, trying to frame somebody and you take one of their notes that they've already written and then you write a little bit at the end, I mean, it makes sense yeah. at that point, right? If it's just ramblings yeah. while he was like, you know, because he was known to do drugs and stuff. If he was just rambling and writing things down while on drugs, but then somebody took their those writings and went, I can make this a suicide note. Notes. Yeah. But luckily, you know. the S, the the G is the biggest one. Like it's the yeah, S, it's like, super different. Yeah. The the S is different. The A's are kind of similar, but that's easy to, to fake. The 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 G's. I keep noticing the G's. He does a very quick, like, almost like a very compacted S on the top. Yeah. But then the bottom one is a very clear connected G. It's it's not a kind. Yeah. Either, it, it, either it was written, either the first bit was written rushed, and the second bit was something he added later on, being like, "I'm just gonna rip this out and use this as my suicide note." Yeah, but I don't, it, but I, it doesn't seem no, like that you is would not do that, that yeah. is not the same writing. It, no. Yeah, that's, that's super strange. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you've convinced me that <laughs> this person is, is definitely one that is going to get away because she's still, she's still living, she's still pumping, right? That's that's the yeah. scary part, right? How how old is she now? I, I I don't know this writing. Let's see. She the bees are different. I just keep noticing all the things that are like that. It's so much different. She's fifty eight years old. Oh, so she's not. She's not that she's old. She's the same honestly. age as my dad. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that's like my parents. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Oof. Ah, oof. Okay, so I I had forgotten one of my other fun bits of information, oh, and we're oh. talking about the letter, so I'll include it. Okay. During a private investigation, so Kurt Cobain's grandfather was a private investigator okay. who never let this go. He thought that Kurt had been killed. Did some investigation, found a sheet of paper in Courtney Love's bag. That was a handwriting practice sheet where she had been writing the alphabet repeatedly and handwriting that did not look like hers. Oh my god, bro. And you still got it wrong. <laughs> and you still got it wrong. And it's still messed and up. And oh to an god, additional, man. just as additional fun bit of information, the suicide note has been in a privately owned um, safety deposit box owned by Courtney Love since his death. She will not allow anyone to view or handle. Of course not. It's it's like the one the the magnus opus of her guilt, you know. It's... Like in in a decade or two, when she finally passes away, and people have like free access to her shit, pretty much. Like once, like the her will is disputed and everything. Unless she's literally put in her will, everything that used to be owned by Kurt Cobain must be cremated. But even then, will can't wills be disputed by by law? Can't wills be disputed? It's a very touchy process. It is, yeah. but like someone's gonna be like, nope. <laughs> nah, Give dude. me everything she took of cuts so we can inspect this again. Yeah, but at I that point, be it'll be. Twenty years time. It's like, it's one of those things where. It's too late. Uh, already this is no this point. is the first I hear of it, and it's been out for a while, and obviously, like, uh, it's not mainstream media thing, and so I don't necessarily see. The anybody headlines. come come back to headlines, you know? Yeah. Oh, if 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 it was proven after she died, a hundred. Yeah, she after she died, it, but it would then make so much headlines. 
Yeah, after yeah. she died. But I don't know if, if while she was still alive, she'll be... If they found out. Tried and if anybody is interested in further, there are several books written on the th- written yeah. on the subject. Yeah. Both people trying to support the theory and attack the theory. Yeah. All right. Well. But I talked forever, Joe. Oh my, no, no, it was good. Yeah. yeah I appreciate it. and I have done like an hour each. We've done like we've been really oh, passionate. No, about that's that's good. I, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, it's a deep dive episode. Yeah, it's really a deep, deep dive. dive. That's what we're here to do. Um, so my, my person, Belle Guinness, uh, is, it's a doozy as well. Um, she, I have to ask, any relation to Guinness beer? No, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. She's not of Irish descent, I don't think. She was from Norway. She was born the youngest of eight from, um, by, you know, in a poor little, like, town to a stonemason. But she was, like, since the beginning, she's always been a strong person. She's, like, six foot, 280 pounds of just labor muscle. Because she would help on the farms. And she would just, she's this just Norwegian, just hulk of a woman, right? Strong Russian bear, but from Norway. (laughs) Strong Russian, a strong Norwegian woman. Yeah, basically. And uh, she was not very she, <laughs> pretty, apparently. The way they described her was a peculiarly large head a uh, with a, a large frame, but unnerving small feet, or unusually small feet. So, yeah, th- that's how they described what she looked like. So, I, I don't know, I... It's like Peppy the Frog, basically, is what I think of. Just like a, a buff Peppy the Frog with, with small feet. <laughs> just this large head. Just Obviously not a looker. Um, her early life uh, isn't really well recur- uh, recorded. But there's only, like, rumors about her early life. Um, just kinda, when Once everything came out about her... People started trying to look into her her life and stuff like that, and there's only rumors. Like uh, one of the rumors was that uh, she was impregnated by a bigwig, who then assaulted her until she mis- uh, miscarried and all this stuff. Jesus. Uh, so yeah, but it's just a rumor because they're trying to paint this person because of all the the things that we'll we'll get into. But, uh, so that's just kind of her early life in 1884. So, uh, just to kind of paint time frames, uh, she, she moved, she moved to the United States in 1881, but she married in 1884, uh, for the first time to a man named Mads Albert Sorensen, Sorensen, um, and normal it, it like at this point she has shown no signs of any sort of evil or anything but she was always a go-getter in a way like even when she first got to the united states her main goal was to become wealthy and she would she she worked she uh, she became like a a maid and it was just her focus. She had two two main focuses, really. Her one of her focuses was uh, money, 
and the other focus was kids. Um, but at the beginning, it was just money. So she she's with this guy, and her their first house burns, like it it just uh, comes into a fire, and they claim the insurance claim off of that house, right? And I we people believe that this was the start of her realizing she can manipulate systems of insurance and fraud and all this stuff. So the first uh, house burnt down, they used that money to open up a business, um, which was a kind of like a gas station, but they called it a candy shop-esque thing, uh, where they sold obviously candy, but they also sold cigarettes, tobacco, and some groceries. Their, that business didn't go well, and unsurprisingly, it caught fire at some point. Uh, and they also claimed that insurance. And with that, that insurance payout, they moved to a different home and used the money from the insurance to buy a different home at a farm. Um, so it's just like one thing after another. Another thing that the that she started doing and realizing, like this is a buildup, right? She started seeing that she can burn down homes and, and get insurance payout. She, she was really upset, like or obsessed, like I said, with having children, to the point where her her sister was having like five kids, who had five kids. She went over, uh, and this is all just like I'm trying to condense the story. Um, there's obviously like lots of uh, things you can read about it, but I'm just trying to put it into my own words as to what I remember from the story. Um, but there was a story of her going up to her sister and being like, Hey, let me have one of your kids. You have five. Let me have one. Right. And, (laughs) and then the sister was obviously like, no, but she would babysit her, her kids sometimes, but it became a problem because she would (laughs) like, there was one noted time where she went over to pick up her kid and Belle was like, you want her? Then take her. And would oh. would stonewall. I mean, she's a six foot, you know, <laughs> yes. 280 woman. Like, take her then. Like, just, stu- uh, you know, boat up trying to... Try and, and so, like, there. soon after that, they, they stopped communication. And you would think it would, it would be for uh, from the sister. But really... It was the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Her. She was like, you know what? This is, uh, my sister isn't, um, what, what is that mouse? Sorry. You sent me something. You just step it away for a second. Oh, for, for a minute. Okay. Um, so it was actually her. She was like, no, my, uh, you're not going to cooperate with me. Then we're not going to be sisters anymore. Right. But the weird thing, and I, and it's just not known because these, these times the rec, uh, plug, public records are, are really rough. She ended up 
with children. And they say it was foster children, but she just had children. She she was barren herself. She couldn't have kids. But she just ended up with kids. So she just she just found some kids and ended she, up with them. Jesus. She just ended up with some kids. So there was one story of how like she was said to be pregnant and the the midwife was on her way to deliver the baby and she was already in the backyard doing laundry and just up and doing things and when she looked at the baby the baby was older than a newborn and she was like yeah that's my new baby and <laughs> so it's speculated that she just stole all, all these babies or she she housed them from uh women in trouble and you know all this stuff but um so this this is my baby this it, this is, is it baby. is it though yes this is my baby <laughs> It's uh, very clear to see a newborn baby versus one that's like even like a week old versus it, right? a brand newborn. Literally, the midwife is on her way to yeah. to help her deliver, and the baby. There's no blood. There's no like. Not even this... the blood. It would be bright pink still because yeah. of the blood flow actually rushing into them and being out exposed to air. They also look usually sorry for anyone who has a baby they normally look hideous when they're Bro, first born oh my God. they're little they're little fucking aliens they're yeah like no they're gross aliens yeah they look like old people but like small <laughs> small like they they literally benjamin button when they're first born it's it's kind of gross honestly the, the 90s alien egg toy that you used to get and put the backs together like that like that's what they look like to me just big heads small small bodies <laughs> yeah, so she she came in into possession of five children. Uh, Foster, That's enough slices. Caroline, yeah, Foster, <laughs> Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, Myrtle, and Lucy um, were her children uh, at the time that she was still married with this person. But two of them um, unfortunately met the, their demise to colitis. And oh. were didn't didn't make it out of um, infancy and stuff, or not infancy. They were very young when they they passed away. Uh, it's did just she get insurance payments for them. She did, and she got a payout for them, right? So she Such she. Baka. It's 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 not proven, but it's just like as you come come you see like full circle that things are starting to escalate right and so she did claim the insurance uh, payments on two of the, these kids that uh, that passed away of colitis which at the time was was normal they didn't really look into it but it's also colitis could be caused by poison yeah and, but they didn't do an investigation to see if the kids had had poison in them in retrospect it looks like they were poisoned but it could have just you know and then in the 1800s the kids just died it was just a part of life right like they it wasn't as sanitary back then it wasn't it was normal for there to be larger families and infant mortality rates were high so yeah, parents just end up with axes in their heads. Just things happening. Yeah, in just you know. just things used to just happen. Um, 
And then, so, <laughs> another coincidence that ended up happening. So she, she went through all this time without, you know, real incidents where you'd question. Because it's, you know, it was pretty normal or whatnot. But one that, that really stuck out was her husband. So the, her husband at the time, uh, she came to him and said, if you pass away... Your, your insurance policy of 3000 is not going to pay for me and these, at, I guess at the time, three kids. And you would leave us and we would have to fend for ourselves. We would go into poverty, etc. Right? So he took out a second um, life policy. But he being the smart and, and just good man that he is he set both of the policies up that when one uh, like they inter intertwined with each other so when one ended the other one started but as, as it so happened on the day that the two policies were still active he came into an unfortunate end and what he told authorities was that he had a headache and he wasn't feeling well and so she gave him some medicine um was it the cough syrup that we mentioned <laughs> it might have been the, no it, it was uh, like celiac or something like that it was something they used to use um and the the doctor himself the the family doctor confirmed this because he had uh already been treating him for for something else during during right. the week and you know so some other symptom but they didn't do an autopsy on him and and just kind of uh, chalked it off to heart failure and um you know him feeling sick and stuff like that just imagining the emmy just like <laughs> eh? sometimes people get old and then they die and then they die oh well yeah and so, out of that settlement, she made $8,500, which in that time was, was pretty decent money. Now, yeah. her, her, her neighbors at the time and people around her found this kind of fishy. So, this is around the time that she, she just decides, you know, people are kind of looking at, at us and that we get kind of like this weird feeling around them so she decided to move um this is where she moved to um where the guinness farm is located which i should know but i honestly didn't write down i don't know why but this is where everything really starts to go down she moves and she marries peter guinness uh within <laughs> Within the first week of their marriage, Peter Guinness came in with two daughters, right? Within uh, one was a newborn and one was a, you know just a, a daughter that he had. Um, within the first week of them being married, while Peter was away, the newborn came into unforeseen circumstances and passed away and eight months later Peter also passed away 
And uh, the story behind him passing away is uh, that a meat grinder fell from a shelf, clocked him in the back of the head, and uh, he suffered from hemorrhaging and died. Jesus. Right? Um, there's, there's, the, the little kids are in the house at the time, and there was something about him being burnt, like he was burnt, uh, when, during this whole incident, it's kind of unclear, but the kids were, were told to go get help, and so they weren't really there when everything really went down, but they went to the neighbors and said, hey, daddy, daddy's burnt. You know, something like that. And when they came back, he was, he, the meat grinder had fallen on his head and she, she played it off as that and stuff like that. But they did find that he was, uh, he had some poisoning in him too, but they never, they never looked into it. Like they, uh, they found it, but she was so like distraught and all this stuff and she, she like played it off completely to the point where they just kind of, all right, well, it was an unforeseen accident. You know, it happens. She claimed the insurance on him. And this is really where things took a complete turn. It really is. No? Like we've, we've done the exact same thing where it's like we found two women who, same time period, a woman couldn't, a woman couldn't be capable of this level of like, Right. Violence or malicious right. and, intent. And, and, just, and they just kept getting away with it. They're also, not looking the farm, into the farm it. was in Indiana. The, yeah, the farm was in Indiana. The Guinness farm. <laughs> People die um, up there. <laughs> you know, it's, and it, it, it's crazy because she, she, this is just a start because her total victim count is between 14 to 41. And that that's just the setup to what she began doing. So what she began doing after this is she she now had this farm to look after. She had these kids to look after. And she she needed some sort of income. And so her plan became one. She had hired hens on the farm. Right, and then she would send out this newsletter and a new Norwegian um, just paper, asking for um, a business opportunity, and or a a relationship as well. You know, it's like a lonely widow, uh, and she would play up the the size of the farm and the the profit and all this stuff. She would say it was a you know, somewhere around a four, $400,000 farm, but it was really just a, like $200,000 farm and, you know, right. all this stuff. She would play it up to, to make it seem more luring to her victims and the way uh, they would cor- correspond with each other. Usually within three to four correspondence, um, they would come to the farm. And that's that would be the last that you would hear of them. Uh, and in the correspondence, she would make really sure. And and this is the thing: this is like the first real scam, you know, at the time. And I I I, I kind of like in retrospect, you'd be like, how do you fall for that? But like so many guys did, 
you know, either out of loneliness or greed, uh, trying to take advantage of a situation or something, because what she would say to them is, make sure you sell all your belongings, bring the cash, and plan to stay for life. This is, this is your new home type thing. You know, just plan. And don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody you're doing it. Just come. I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm going to give you... Uh, love you, love you, long time type thing in, in their terms, you know, like it's it's one of those things that she just played it up and uh, her... I'm sure also at the time scams probably weren't a big publicized thing they were probably happening Bro. but unless one had already happened in your just town someone you knew, yeah, who had told right, you probably didn't about. know about it yep yeah, it wouldn't make newspaper headlines like across the country or anything like that. It would just be no. local, like, oh, this guy sold his house and whatever, or burned his house down and got this much yeah. money, and it was a it, local thing. Oh, you'd hear, you hear about old Jim across the road who. <laughs> they didn't have NFTs out. back then. They didn't know. You know. No, no NFTs, no cryptocurrency. <laughs> no much crypto, harder. You know. yeah. <laughs> it was, Not it was a lot simpler time back then. What about my V Bucks? <laughs> the call centers hadn't become a huge thing yet. Yeah. Call centers didn't exist, right? So they they didn't know how to protect themselves from scams. Don't worry. Back in my day, we used to get letters addressed to scam likely. Now you get it on your phone. (laughs) Um, No, but so so her MO, though, when these guys would show up, her MO uh, would be they would uh, either spend the night and she would do it all in in the cover of night, but she would poison them. His usual MO is to poison. And then she would hit them over the head with either an axe or a meat... meat uh, what's it called? Cleaver. cleaver. Yeah, meat cleaver. So, you know, same idea. <laughs> so, it, it was like she was just trying to double down, make sure the job was, was done. Um, and then she would take the bodies into... Uh, the basement or she had like this little cottage thing and she would dismember the body into six pieces cutting off both legs the head and the arms Uh, I guess to be able to move around easier I don't know I don't know what her her reasoning behind that is but that's what I would assume Um, even though she was like a hefty strong woman she probably still needed to be able to move the pieces around normally and then she would take the bodies and go bury them. You, uh, a lot of the, the burials were around her hog pen. So she would dig a hole in her hog pen and she would just throw the bodies there. Uh, well, it's also likely if it was near the hog pen. Hogs probably would have eaten she, them. <laughs> she may she, have thrown the chunks in there yeah. to have the hogs clean them and of meat and everything. That, that's a, a speculation that people make as well, that you know yeah. she was feeding her hogs human meat and stuff like that. Uh, it's not confirmed or denied or, you know, any... Because they, they honestly, like, the way the story unfolds is, is crazy because she was doing this for such a long time. And her neighbors would notice this. Her neighbors would be like, hey, we noticed that people come into your estate and they never leave. But her her response, because she was stonewalled, she would stonewall people, and just she her response would be, well, they have to leave in the middle of the night uh, abruptly 
or you know they they didn't like what they saw they they just left you know she she would just say and if if family ever wrote or anything like that they ran away to california i also don't know where they went things like that right so the, the first two or three times you would maybe get away with that at some point you've got to go are you coming on too strong like what were you doing you yeah, every single well, person who comes here you chase away somehow <laughs> but the, but the thing doing? is and this is how she was able to uh get away with it for so long is she would never target anybody that was local it would usually be uh, people yeah. from out of town from across across the country she would be doing mail and stuff like that um uh, the the only people that she really like kept contact with would be her hired hands and she did have a couple of hired hands throughout the years um and you know that's really somewhat of her undoing towards end so there's uh there's one hired hand named What was his name? Women fifteen hundred man, crazy. While you're looking for that, Joe, I was I was thinking about the thing uh, you were mentioning her mo, which was poisoning, and then like confirming with an axe or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you always hear that you know, oh, female murderers always go for like the non-violent means, whereas like men go for the violent means. I've noticed no such thing in like representing no. cases. Most murders are violent. But have you noticed as well, especially especially in the case of women, I've noticed when I look at them, most of the um, women murder cases are usually crimes of passion, so normally it's brutal. Like, majority of the time when a woman is intending to kill, it's normally parent, partner, children. It's normally like a, you've done something to make me, one, hit you enough to kill you, and then go, nah, you deserve another 15 more. Right. Yeah. Like, like, again, going back to Lizzie, like, the first hit probably killed Abby and Andrew clean. Why then go to hit 18 more, 10 yeah. more? At that point, they're dead. You know they're no. dead. It, it was speculated. Now, the, the thing about hers is that it's a lot of speculation because nobody, like I said, it, she wasn't able to be tried for her stuff. The biggest thing that makes her um, seem like the, they, they redid her MO based on what the bodies looked like, right? So they're they're trying to reconstruct how she would do things, and so they would find in certain bodies that they dug up, they did find that they were poisoned because they had arsenic in their their uh, stomach, um, and they they were obviously hit across the head with a blunt object, presuming an axe or a meat cleaver. So that's how they they really narrowed down her mo. Um, the, the hired hand was named Amal Greeny. And uh, the thing about him was that he, he had, a his eyes on one of the daughters of Bell named Jenny. And when she went missing, because her, 
her daughter went missing at some point. There's a por- another portion where, like, somewhere between all this, it's speculated that she got wind of what her mother was doing. And she was also a victim at that point. Because her daughter went missing, and when asked about it, she went to California to go to college. And this uh, Emil Greeny was was a, a hired hand at the time, and he had an interest in the daughter. So once he uh, saw that she was gone, she she needed to hire a new hand, and that's who where Ray Lampfear came came into play. Now he's pretty important because he's kind of like the the useful idiot that she needed. To be able to get away with all these murders. So he he was a known local drunk that had a gambling addiction. And he was known for uh, purchasing pleasure. Uh, so, you know, going to brothels and different things. So she hired him and he would stay at the house. Now, she was also known to give these hired hands, like, pleasure herself. Like, it was her... Uh, it was her MO to sleep with her, her workers, even though she wasn't sleeping with her, her husband. So she like had a very professional, not professional, but like she, she kept them separate. Her husband, she, she formed no attachment to, they were just money, money in the bank forms of, of, uh, means to an end. Her hired workers, she kept around for her pleasure, one, and two, to be able to keep up the facade of the farm. Because she, if people showed up and the farm was in, in shambles, then her, her whole scam would go to shambles, right? So she had the, uh, this guy, uh, and he started falling for her. So she he would go around t- uh, town saying, like, yeah, I'm going to be the next... Uh, you know, farm owner of the Guinness farm. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to marry that woman, blah, blah, blah. He would show off, even though they were like 11 years apart. Like, uh, she was obviously older than him and stuff like that. But so people would kind of poke at that and stuff like that. But, uh, he, he would play a part later on. So just, uh, one of her last suitors was Andrew, uh, Helligan. Yeah, Andrew Helligan. And the reason that, that really this all starts coming to an end is the way that, that this all happened. So she was corresponding with this guy longer than she had corresponded with anybody else. This was a long con. She, she it was said that they had between... 75 to 80 letters between the two and a lot of those letters um were saved were are in public like they they were uh they survived so people could look back at what she wrote and stuff like that it was it was uh one of the, the things that historians still look back on um so the this long con with him was kind of frustrating for her but she would like continue to try to like woo him in and and she you know kept doing all this stuff 
Well, finally, she gave him, like, an ultimatum, like, you need to come see me. How long are you going to keep me waiting? You know, my, you know, I'm, uh, you need to come see me. Leave your family behind and bring all your money and, and all this stuff, right? Same same type of con, but longer. Uh, right. More more passion between the letters to kind of entice him even more and stuff like that. Uh, but when he came to her, kind of like, Disappro- not disapproval but like another reason that her ammo w- was kind of changed he didn't bring just cash he brought like uh either checks or cashier checks or i don't know what at the time uh, they're called but he had to go to the bank to pull out the money and so she finally convinced him at waiting a whole three days to go and pull the money out right and then she had to wait another two weeks for the money to actually be pulled out because that's how the bank system worked back then. You had, you know, you had a proof of of the money that you had, but they had to go back and forth, and finally, you'd be able to pull the money out. And so this was a, a completely different uh, scenario for her because well, one, I, she, what's that? I was gonna say because from what I know about like physical money wise like it's not like today where if i need to withdraw you know a hundred thousand dollars but my bank is usually in uh you know california they could just transfer digital oh hey you have rights to this much money now but back then if it was like oh i have a million dollars in a bank in california and i moved to georgia that bank in Georgia can't give me a million dollars cash. They that might be all they have. Yeah, they have to notarize and they have to, you know, they have to uh, send a train to yeah. California to get the money. That's why train robberies were so like popular. It was because they'd be transporting huge amounts of money. Thing. It's not a digital thing; yeah. it's a physical transfer between. And, and so this already aggravated this this. <laughs> her so she had to keep up the facade for a couple days longer than she's used to because she's used to the man shows up she she does the deed and then it's it, it and she's out uh there was actually one story of a man that did end up living uh throughout this encounter where he showed up he he's like enticed by everything that that is there he goes to sleep uh, in the guest room, just like feeling proud, feeling like he hit pay dirt, like this is going to be a great situation for everybody. In the middle of the night, he feel he awakens, feeling like there's some something nefarious lurking, and when he opens his eyes, Bell is just towering over him, looking at him quietly, right. And when he, when he notices, he's, he makes like a sound and then she mutters something un, un, like she just mutters something that's not, uh, you know, she, he, he didn't understand and runs out of the room. He did not sleep the rest of that night. And, uh, <laughs> and at dawn, I think he ever slept again. <laughs> Yeah, and then at dawn, he booked it out of there. And he never told anybody, because what are you going to say? Yeah, this weird woman was just towering over me in the middle of the night. Go arrest her. You can't do that. Like, it's, it's there was nothing. She was a big lady. Yeah. 
So, I, I mean... As well. In the time period, if you turn around and said, oh, I ran away because a woman intimidated yeah. me, you'd probably get demasculated by I, exactly. town, Being like, oh, you can't handle your woman, even though, yeah. as we've proven. <laughs> so, so I mean, it, this was just her MO, though. Like, she would just kill her victims super quickly. Like, it, she wouldn't really wait. Uh, no. But for him, she had to. And so, finally, when the, the money was secured and it was time to do the, the deed, she didn't even wait until the night time. She, she had her hired hand, which is um, this Ray, Ray Letter, uh, Ray Lampfear. Yeah, Ray Lampfear. Uh, she had him go on a uh, horse trading mission which i thought it was kind of funny when i read that i was like oh i we did that all the time in red dead i didn't know <laughs> i guess it, it makes sense it was a thing but yeah. basically you just take a horse and you take it into town and you trade it or sell it and do all this stuff right so she had him go on a horse trading mission uh and the kids were presumably with him as well or there's no way to find out right like the, all this there's there's still three kids around but there's no way of of truly yeah, how finding out they not figured out about this by now? And, well she had a strict rule not to go into the basement like the kids knew you do not go into the basement right and so they they just followed the rule right um later on they would be they tried to get in there and she went after them and give them a, a big old whooping and she well it says that she beat them which i don't know how ex extent that was but she wasn't used like that wasn't her mo to, to beat her kids uh you would think that she would be more physical with her kids but it's kind of one of those things where, like, if you're trying to put on a facade, you don't, like, you don't shit with your eat, you know what I'm saying? Well, like also, you... I mean, you said she was stealing kids earlier in life, which, like, yeah. clearly so... means that, like, she valued being a mother. She, like, she wanted to be a mother. Uh, so I feel like you, you don't, you but don't... But she values money more than, more than anything. As, as... You know, I just mean, like, the... If you value being a mother that much, you don't hit your kids. Right. Yeah, no. Well, if you want to keep a facade and stuff. So, um, what what uh, what happens next is that she... She, from what it looks like, uh, or what they talk about, she confronts him headfirst and just kills him, obviously. But it was more... There was more of a struggle. When normally... There's not much of a struggle with the victims because she poisons them first to to weaken them, right? And then she she does them in to make sure they're dead, right? Um, with him, there was a struggle because when they found his arm, it still had a, a lock of her hair gripped into the, the, the hand. So... Um, there were, he's one of the only ones that that shown any any sign of actual struggle. Um, she did the normal and decapitated him. Uh, took you know, split him up into different limbs, buried him, 
that was it, right? Or so she thought. She got a letter from her brother who had been looking and trying to figure out what happened to, because he hadn't heard from his brother at all, trying to figure out what happened, where he'd been, and all this stuff. So now people were starting to ask questions. She felt a little bit of more pressure. And then uh, Ray Lambert started uh, acting very jealous and very like, weird he started feeling or like because she was having relationship with him and all this stuff she fired him supposedly he was fired but it, it also says that he could have quit so now he was fired but he started stalking her and she went and she went to the authorities and said that he was stalking her and she she went and told um you know uh she she did an affidavit uh saying that he she she thought he was unhinged and a uh, criminal and that she didn't feel safe around him they did an evaluation on him they did like uh she he had to uh, pay a fine of $1 for trespassing so like she had this history built up with him right so, after finding out that um, things were kind of closing in on her and that this brother was kind of going to come look into the, the murder and all this stuff, then she began her plan of a uh, quote-unquote escape because it's not known whether she did or not. Here's what happened. She went to um, a lawyer... And got a will made that if anything were to happen because of, you know, unfortunate circumstances, that all of her money would go to her kids, right? But if anything were to happen to them, then all of the money would go to uh, a house in Chicago, right? Um, what, well, so, just be like mailed to the house? I or? think it's like a, an orphanage or it's it was like oh. some sort of um, I, I didn't look in too much into what the house was but it was like a, a home in Chicago okay. um, and it was just because she was so afraid of Ray Lambert uh, or Ray uh, Lampfear uh, attacking her Right, and she would she like did these like off comment things like she he said that he was gonna burn down the house blah 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 right. So then she's seen at a convenience store, buying groceries and two two cans of kerosene. Right. Uh -huh. Fast forward. Her house Ten burns minutes. down. <laughs> Her house, unfortunately, burns down, right? So unfortunate. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, her hired hand at the time that she had hired after Ray escapes from um, the fire, tries to break in to, to save or see the family, but the, ca the, the fire had gone so far that the uh, roof caved in, and then they just had to wait at that point. They didn't really have a, a way to... Um, to not, 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 to fight it. Right. Uh, 
you know, not it's not like today that there's you know literally hydrants on every or, street, yeah, hydrants everywhere. <laughs> um, fire engines at the beck and call, yeah. Yeah. So the house burns down when they when they look into the house uh, to find you know the family. They find the three kids burned with a headless body over them, presumed to be Bell. Hold up. Headless as in, like, something fell and crushed the head. Her head was was missing. Uh, They they said that maybe the heat of the fire caused the head to explode. Which... I I've, I don't yeah that's that's super sussy because at the same time that that all this happened they had hired a new maid that also went missing and so founder what's that founder founder yeah so the the her head was never found there there was dental some dental quote unquote records found at the fire that that kind of linked towards it being bell because what they said is in order for the uh, for these to be found here she would have had to have ripped them out of her skull to place them there and they couldn't imagine that somebody would do that to for you know <laughs> to to frame their death right desperation makes a person do weird for for listeners cat and i are we're all in a, a video call while we're chatting cat and i both just at the same time to the dog head turn of just <laughs> did she though right <laughs> she's not she's not that crazy it's like well desperation but, does people make people do weird things yeah and at this time she was declared dead her children were declared dead and that was the end up until the brother yeah no, it, it, i know this is where it actually like where they find everything out because the brother of the last uh suitor andrew uh helgen his brother came down looking for him and was like all right well the last known place that he was was at the bell household can we go look can we go searching for his body and the sheriff obliged and with the help of joe uh max maxwell i think is his name uh, the hired hand that was there at the time, uh, his name was Joe. I don't remember his last name, but I remember Joe because it's my name. Uh, <laughs> they they looked into the pig pens, and the first body that they did uncover was his brother's. And after uncovering his brother's, they they began to to uncover all these other bodies, up to four, you know, and and they they dug around the farm. And it became a big spectacle. So, like, body after body was being buried out. And the, the, the town started, like, gathering around. And they would stand outside the gates. And at one point, I think, uh, when they were looking for Belle's teeth to prove that, that she died in the fire. Because they were like, oh, what the heck? When they were looking for her, her teeth, they they had close to, like, what, 16,000 people there? And uh, they basically had, like, a little carnival. So they had food, 
They had drinks. They had uh, ice cream being served. They had, you know, and it, all this while people were, like, looking over. At one point, the sheriff was asked if they could look at all the bodies that had found in the shed. They were keeping all the bodies in, like, a shed to kind of, like, keep them together as evidence and stuff like that. And people were going in and looking at all these bodies when there were so many people that wanted to look at these, they closed the barn. And when they closed the barn, people were t trying to tear holes into the the barn to, like, sneak a peek and be able to look in there. And, like, like something Shit. off of uh, World War Z, they were trying to climb up the side to a window to be able to look in. But they wouldn't get a good look because they would be pushed out of the way just as fast as they got up there to look in to see all, all this. It became a big spectacle. Jesus. And uh, anywhere between 14 to 42 bodies or victims is what they estimate that she had, right? Now, the thing, uh, it was, it's always been speculated that she did get away, that she was able to escape this whole scenario. And then Ray was the one, remember earlier that, he, that I said mm -hmm. he would come into play? Ray would be charged for their murder because she was, remember, she was a... Uh, presumed dead. Well, presumed dead, but she was a... Uh, what's it called? She was making this big fuss about him being dangerous. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. by the time that it actually happened, he was the primary suspect. He had an alibi for that night. He was sleeping with an older, much older black woman. But once he, he mentioned that, and once the, other, the black woman came out and said, yeah, he was with me, he almost guaranteed that his sentence would be put, put out. Because at the time, it was looked it frowned was upon. So it was almost like even and worse for him to come out and say, "Hey, I was I have an alibi." Yeah. So to this day, they don't they never found her again. They think I I personally think she packed up and left and and started a life somewhere else. But I know exactly where she went. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She but, went and got that money. Yeah, probably. God, like, all I could think about through all of these was, like, because there are some where it's just, like, this is clearly an impulse moment, like, I'm, I'm, what I'm about to say, I'm going to preface to the audio listeners, I am not um, trained in any sort of psychology professionally, I just do it as a hobby, and I, I studied it for two years, and very much enjoy it. It's very much clear for, like, some of these, like, Lizzie was maybe just, like, an active crime impulse it was just a i'm fed up i need to do something courtney might have been like a narcissistic thing of like yeah. i need to be the one with the most money, money. and oh it yeah. benefits me kind of thing everything you've mentioned about bell gunness is pure sociopathic serial yeah. killer behavior it is i this gets me money which is my personal gain yeah i don't care who i have to hurt to do this including children yeah. that i potentially stolen i'm going to beat you across the head after i've already poisoned you <laughs> To make sure the job is done I'm, right. If you're going to do gonna something. I'm not going to learn from anything I've done before this. I'm just going to keep doing it until I get my personal. It's so. 
and I'm, I'm, I want to clarify again, and this is my biggest thing about this, people with antisocial personality disorders, they're not all serial killers and murderers. That's a big takeaway from this. Right. But it's so... Well, and, and you see the build-up, right? You, with her, it, yeah. it's so interesting it's to me because you see it. It's small, small. It's like, hey, sure. I get money when, when things are burned down. Hey, when my uh, kids died, I got insurance money. Hey, when my husband died, I got insurance money. Hey, now I have a farm. How can I con I people out of money? Hiring people right. and killing them. Yeah. It's also like, I'm sure people listening will be able to tell... Kat and I were a lot more quiet during your story <laughs> than we were during each other's, because it's dark. Cat was well. Cat Cat was describing a crime of passion. Mine was a conspiracy theory. I get why people listen to like serial killer podcasts and stuff. Like it, it's so fascinating to listen to the the way everything happens, and just the fact that people don't know. Yeah. Like, you mentioned people being like, oh, weird things are happening. First off, like, what happened to their wagons and stuff? Yeah. Because they brought, I'm assuming they drove wagons to the farm. Yeah, so they would either come in by train or by horse, horseback or something, right? And she actually had, so (laughs) in her, her possession was bunch of, like, uh suitcases and what do they call the the big wooden boxes what is just like crates uh, and stuff stuff, full of men's clothing and just like in one room she had this this whole like suitcases and men's clothing extra men's clothing and one of the things that that they found when the fire uh you know, after the fire, when they were looking through the rubble, was multiple watches. So her trophy was to take these men's watches, and she she would collect their watches. Uh, I I found that super interesting. Like it was it was just something that they found like multiple different watches throughout the house and stuff like that. So well, I mean, in fairness, when it comes to that, like thinking back to like stuff like where people will get robbed and stuff like it's usually for jewelry at, at the time i'm suspecting a watch was probably damn expensive compared to how it is today even some watches today are yeah. tens of thousands yeah. depending on the quality I mean, if it was like a named thing it would yeah. be oh in case i can't continue doing this farm i could then go and sell these watches to different yeah. pawn shops and pawnbrokers and you'd probably right. get a decent bit of money for each of them right these guys what were, they were, made of, were leather metal yeah for the time these guys were pretty wealthy uh, the yeah. last suitor, the the Andrew, he was a a farmer at the time too. He was a hay farmer, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. so he he had money. They all had money, but they wanted to join there, and that's what was so alluring to them. It's like, hey, let's join our assets. We both benefit from more money, and um, we'll have this beautiful farm. She would sell the location. Uh, this is a, a wonderful location here, da da da, and they all came across it. All I can think about is being one of those men, and like coming across that room that had all these other men's clothing, and you know all this like suitcases and stuff, and you're being like, huh, hmm, 
And then just slowly the door behind you just creak. <laughs> As you look back behind, hey, honey, just trying to fix quack. You know, like. <laughs> so, also, I've just looked it up. A watch back then would have cost anywhere from 12 to $53. Yeah. Which, is which today's... in today's currency would be anywhere from three hundred to fifteen hundred. Yeah, they, yeah I mean, they... a bit of cash for each. And it's so a cheap a watch, a cheap so... watch was considered to be around two weeks worth of pay. Yeah, and if you've got forty men per se beneath your ground that you've taken all the watches from. Oh, another like little, little fun fact too. When I mentioned that the. The hired hand went missing, or not the hired hand, the the maid that they recently hired mm -hmm. went missing. When they looked at the body of the charred remains, it didn't, it wasn't as large as Bell's. So it was notably smaller than Bell's body. And they they notices that they noted this, and they, they kind of still went, you know, but it has to be Bell, right? She's with her children now it also noted that her children didn't die because of the fire they were murdered beforehand and then placed where they there they were last uh, alive but they blame that all on ray and like i said he was yeah. a mean son and a, a useful idiot type thing where he was just at the wrong place wrong time fell for the wrong woman and uh, if it if it hadn't been for him stalking and and going back and doing all these things, then he might have not been involved because he she never she never killed any locals. That was her big no no. She's she slept with them. She she definitely had um, her her boundaries, but she definitely didn't kill them because she didn't want to attract that attention. So. Yeah. Um, years after they were, they were sightings of her, but none of them were ever proven to actually be her. So I think the moral of this is, uh, don't date women, be gay. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> why I'm not. But like, even like, cause, cause, cause what, so when did, when did Belgen, Belgenus, um, when was it documented that she passed away? What year was that? Did you know? Nineteen oh six, I believe. Okay, so that's what so that's when the fire apparently happened and she died. Uh, let me see. No, nineteen. Because the reason I ask is because I'm curious, if because the Lizzie Borden crime. In 1892 was a national wide paper thing. I'm curious if Belle uh, I mean, Dennis had ever read about that. <laughs> and that was like uh, a, ah, another strong female woman. Oh, yeah, like if she just knew. She probably did. I mean, she was uh, Nor Norwegian and her English was She's kind of like hard. Oh, she was only she, a year she... older than Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Not even a year. So the but, same age category. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not uh, sure if she. She had the known. the English like down yeah. enough to be able to to read a paper and be like, oh hey, but she might have. I don't know. 
even just gossip or something else uh, say that... about that crazy woman back over in Massachusetts. Right. I don't know why you saying that reminded me of this completely useless but fun fact. Uh, there's a significant likelihood that Rosa Parks has seen two of the Shrek movies. Hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, that that's what? like... <laughs> two of the Shrek movies came out before she died. <laughs> Oh, so there's the there's a likelihood there's a likelihood that Rosa Parks has seen two of the Shrek movies. I doubt she had, bro. I love when but she had grandkids. She had grandkids. Yeah. When time is put into perspective, because when you think about all that kind of stuff, you think like, oh, that was centuries ago. It couldn't have possibly happened. It's literally oh, yeah. 130 yeah. years for Lizzie mm -hmm. and less yeah. for everyone else. I so mean, one of the notably worst atrocities that's ever happened that you thought that we, we should talk about at some point and i think we should as well as adolf hitler and that only <laughs> happened less, less than, than 100 years ago 80 years ago that's, yeah my know. grandparents were alive during I, it <laughs> yeah i think the the not that many generations out it's only two generations out from yeah. us that people were alive or people were being born during this yeah, yeah. one one and of the he, notes that he you got made... away with most yeah like of, of of everyone in the world he might not have physically killed people but he orchestrated the deaths of millions so technically he got away with it he was never in prison he was he was everyone pointed the finger and said you're causing deaths you're causing this to happen yeah the only retribution that happened was that he ended up killing himself to avoid the consequences yeah. of his actions. Which there, there was he a, got away with it. A, yeah, a lot of Nazis did get away with it. A lot of, uh, you know. That's also a thing. That's it's a thing in psychology of like the author blaming the authority figure of like if a person in a white coat tells you, "Hey, it's okay to do this thing," when you do the bad thing and someone says, "Why'd you do that?" you point at the one in the white coat and say, "Well, they told me to do it." Yeah. A lot. That's a lot of what the Nazi regime did was, mm. "Oh, well, Hitler told me to do it." Right. Oh, well, that's that's what we were just told to do. It was just normal. That's what my friend was doing. My cousin did it. My, it's just it was normal, yeah, and right. it's the biggest conspiracy of people getting away with this bullshit. <laughs> uh, one of the things that you said not long ago that really stuck with me and kind of resonates all the time is thinking about the idea of when your parents went to go see Auschwitz, and they yeah. they went in there and they realized wow this wasn't that long ago because they still saw the hair and the uh, the claw clothes marks on the inside the of the gas chambers yeah and they it, it wasn't <laughs> this like rundown building that you think is no. like decaying this and hair, all this stuff this it was yeah. yeah it's it's awful to think about it's like oh this was such a long time ago no it was very recent history in fact and, uh, around 80 years ago yeah, yeah and the 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 takeaway again for this episode is if we don't learn from our history we're doomed to repeat it which is right. why stuff like this is noted and talked about it's yeah learn I mean, from these things <laughs> yeah. don't be a killer ladies I'm, I'm and gentlemen i'm sure lizzie or not lizzie Borden, um or do and get away with it or do and just yeah. be good just be a woman I'm, in the 1890s. I'm sure uh, Bell Guinness was a, a cause for a lot of reform when it comes to the insurance fraud department. There has yeah. to be, like, something that she caused along the way going, oh, we got to look into there this. There are people who work in insurance like, just like, oh, yeah, Bell Guinness it. Yeah, but, but, you, yeah. but you never know. Some people might fake their husband's suicide and try and get money out of it. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. No, that that never happens. Yeah. Or or kill their father and stepmother to try and get the inheritance, you know. Yeah, I, literally. That's, that's, that's one thing. That's I just thought about that. Story. Literally, money is the yeah. motive in all three of these murders. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, it was just technically money. It was the money is the root of all evil. <laughs> in these cases, for sure, that's all they wanted. Cases. I mean, I know we uh, we'll look into serial killers that do it for the the, the joy of. Of the thrill of the hunt and then all this stuff, but these were what's scary about them is they did it for a means of, of an end, right? Yeah. They did it for a, a business transaction, right? Uh, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bell Guinness looked at her potential suitors as just like meat, you know, a piece of meat that came in that gets me money just the way the same way she would look at like a hog or anything a on her farm you yeah. know right it's like you're my money machine yeah i also think you're right mouse it was funny how we were both silent during all those because like yours was like oh yeah Kurt Cobain died and this is what makes courtney suspect mine was oh yeah andrew and uh, abby were killed and this is what happened suspect oh my god belgin is just like it ramps up slowly and then suddenly goes <laughs> 100 mile an hour free train just yep and i mean there you can do a deeper dive into belginus obviously i just kind of briefed over uh the general idea of what she's like and uh there's a really good book out called because she had a bunch of nicknames but hell's princess um that goes really really into in depth into the uh the story of Belginus. Yeah. I saw when I briefly looked at her name because I was curious of where it was. I saw like Hell's Bells and like Hell's Bell, the Black yeah. Widow and stuff like the that. Black like Widow, she was yeah. given all these cool names. And... <laughs> yeah, I think all of these people have like different things. I know Lizzie has a load of books. She's obviously got the poem. She's got a, um, a few films that are out about her. So if anyone wants to do further research, mm -hmm. there is yeah. plenty of documentaries and plenty of court cases and stuff like that that yeah. go into it. And I'm sure Courtney Love is still probably being <laughs> yep. questioned. Like I said, lots of books about it. Yeah, yeah, Courtney has a lot of books about it, and I don't know if she'll ever have like a cool jingle the way uh, <laughs> what's it called yeah. yours does, but it's fun. Yeah, that's what that's the one thing about mine. She got herself into a rhyme. She did, and I mean, uh, <laughs> Sam was yeah. saying that she did a a musical, and she got first place for that. So yeah, she had to do an interpretation of Lizzie Borden, and yeah. she got like a distinction in one of her degree, one of her yeah. classes and stuff. So. Yeah. And, you know, Courtney Love's still alive, so she still has time to make a jingle. So That's I true. guess we'll, <laughs> we'll keep an ear out. <laughs> so if in the next 20 years we hear a news case saying, Courtney Love confirmed the death of, of Kurt Cobain, you heard it here first. We, well, we, 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 we're, the, we're the reasoning. <laughs> no, but I think if, if anything comes out, it won't be for Kurt. It'll be for whoever's next or if she tries to do something else, yeah. you know. Because yeah. sometimes I, I feel like with most serial killers or just killers in general when they get away with it the first time they just feel like they're invincible invincible and they're above the law so they they do it again um so i wouldn't be surprised to see it but i don't think it would be for past mistakes i think it'd be for future mistakes yeah all right man this was this was awesome guys 
Like, I, I love episode, this. But damn, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the whole thing we were, we were talking about earlier. It's, I, I don't care how long the episode goes when we do deep dives. It's, it, it's yeah. you know, when it, when it comes to podcasting, it's a long-form medium. It's okay. Uh, well, especially, like you said, if we're... If we're going to sit here and come up with an actual topic that's like, hey, everyone present something about this topic, we're a very thorough group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we could do one particular person at a time. Like, if that's something that, that people would say, hey, you should do this person and just this sure. person only, we could. Uh, because we could have done that. We could have been like, hey, let's talk about this person. But I honestly like when, when people bring in their own stories because it did something really neat here. And you saw yeah. all these different stories that had like almost the same uh, well, reason for behind, for for why it happened. Like they they had similarities that you could compare and contrast, and it was it was really neat. Because there's definitely people we could talk about as a group for hours. Like the, the moment you bring up Ted Bundy, there is so yeah. much in that case. Even like people, not even like circle like the Gypsy Blanchard case. There yeah. is so much to unpack with that of like. And I she, was. She, she got done with it. She got. She got. Uh, she got imprisoned for it. But she's. Is she out for release now, or is she something like that? Like it's. I don't know. And people. And people, even though they know she's guilty, don't believe it was her fault. Mm-hmm. There's so much you can unpack with some of these cases that it's. It, we could be here for hours on one case. Never mind three. <laughs> and I was telling Cat right before we started. The thing I liked about this too was like, I didn't know who y'all were gonna do. I think I. I think I knew who Cat uh, was doing, but I, I didn't know who you were doing, Joe. And I explicitly didn't do any research because I was like, let me learn about these for the first time yeah, and be able to ask my it. own questions. And yeah, it's super fun. I, I had a great time. Uh, if you're listening, please, you know, um, share this if you enjoyed it. Uh, we're just starting out, but we want to continue making these. And if, you know, have you have any like, comments or if you'd like to uh put in some ideas or anything of what we should change or improve or or just ideas of something a topic you'd like to listen to and and hear about um you can reach me at or us at at at, uh eldritch t that's the the handle for everything so you can find me on tiktok you can find me on twitter um I do have a Discord, but you'd have you need like a link for that. So, um, otherwise, just keep an ear out. We'll keep pumping these out, and uh, I'm enjoying this. So, um, but yeah, until next time, uh, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.